For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Well, there are many newspapers with people holding up 99s and, uh, you know, hitting the water and uh, frolicking in the in the tide and hanging out in beaches. An awful lot of warnings making the papers as well today, I have to say. Uh, I don't know. Um, we, there was a time years ago, myself and Kevin were chatting about it this morning. There was a time years ago when sunny weather used to be celebrated and everybody would be talking about how exciting it was to have the summer just here and it's great, make the most of it, get out and enjoy it. Uh, but now it seems to come with all sorts of warnings about, you know, taking care and staying safe and covering up and watch out because the roads are going to melt. No, seriously, the roads are going to melt. It's a story making the mirror today where they say scorcher warning, orange alert, uh, forest blazes expected, and indeed melting roads, forest fires, heat stroke, the dangers around waterways. All of that's been issued uh, and was issued last week as well because, uh, as you know, last week's in July pretty much all of August. It's the real six weeks of the main major uh, holiday period. I was looking at the UK papers this morning. They're still in school there. (laughs) They're still in school. And they're talking in the UK about whether or not the kids should even be in school or not. So some of the papers this morning say parts of the country today, certainly up the country and in the middle of the country and areas like that, will hit 30 to 32 degrees. Uh, In other stories, of course, with regards to the weather and weather-related stuff, uh, you know, I suppose even driving now comes with a warning with regards to melting. You remember that as a kid or even anywhere when you were out and about, but I certainly remember it as a kid walking the roads and the byways and holidays where the tarmac was melted end up on your clothes and your shoes and whatever you stick to it uh, but one of the things that's gone through the roof apparently is the sale of fans and air conditioning uh, there's a story in the Mail Online UK today that talks about John Lewis shifting nearly 640% more fans than they did at any other time of the year and air conditioning units and they don't come cheap I mean at this, at this time now you could do with air conditioning in the house I mean you know <laughs> For years in the past and years to come, you'd never turn it on. But at the moment, I suppose you probably could. 1887 was the record for the highest temperature uh, ever recorded in this country. Recorded now. That isn't to suggest they didn't get that in the 16 or 1700s. But we could see 33.3 Celsius um, uh, this week at some stage. And that would beat the 33.3 in June of 1887, according to the Mail today. Uh, the problems across Europe, of course, where it's getting even hotter. Now, we are hotter than some places and will be hotter than some places uh, across Europe today. But you have issues now in places like, say, for instance, I saw Spain in the papers this morning, areas of France and, and Turkey and places like that, where they have terrible, terrible uh, forest fires, wildfires scorching the continent as the heat wave turns deadly. Uh, and I also read some of this morning that uh, some hundreds of people in the in Spain have actually died uh, from the heat. There's a lovely colour story that I'll come back to a little later on where it tells you if you want to beat the heat. Remember I was telling you last week you should rub onions on your skin, particularly when you're going to bed. It'll cool you right down. Well, there's a kind of top ten of the things that you should do to beat the heat over the next couple of days. They include the onion rub. Uh, also, they want to ban or a particular medic or something that uh, gave an interview to the mail, a Dr. Berger, which is kind of interesting because uh, this doctor wants to <laughs> this, this doctor wants to ban barbecues. <laughs> Um, not 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 necessarily if you're the person on the barbecue station that is melting in the heat. 
because you're on barbecue duty and you're really feeling it. More to do with the fact that it takes forever to burn off the calories of the burgers and the steaks. Would you give me a break? Fire up the barbecue and enjoy it, would you? So they talk about banning barbecues. They talk about things like um, chill your makeup before you apply it. Put your makeup in the fridge the night before. I was going to say girls, but I should say boys and girls, where we are now. Um, If you don't have air conditioning, you're not posh enough to have it, wealthy enough to have it, soak the end of your curtains, apparently. (laughs) Wet curtains. Look at that tree. There are others like that, so I'll file that away in a filing cabinet and come back to it a little later on this morning. Well done to Limerick. That makes all of the papers today. Huge amounts of celebrations, and why wouldn't there be? It's a very sad story, actually regarding rugby uh, and the former Welsh rugby captain Ryan Jones at 41 now he has been diagnosed with early onset dementia it's a story in the mail today and doctors believe he's suffering from this this chronic traumatic change in brain pattern because of repeated blows to the head and repeated episodes of concussion all, of course, related uh, to rugby. Here on Lee side, uh, I hate being the uh, harbinger of doom and gloom or anti-social behaviour. We uh, came across some stories over the weekend of interest. One was, um, one unfortunately was a hammer attack on Nanonagel Bridge on Saturday night. And on Saturday afternoon, a stabbing attack on the Shaky Bridge. The Echo have picked up on the story. They say that the guards are looking for witnesses now to the assault on the Shaky Bridge uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, it happened around about half past four. A 14-year-old boy suffered stab injuries, apparently, non-life-threatening. But Gardaí are looking for witnesses, so that's um, that's alarming. I know I've gone on a lot about uh, uh, problems with, um, you know, knives and carrying of knives and knives attacks, and there's another one this morning. Uh, they're so young, actually. They're so, so young these days, and, and just getting younger. I, I very, I'm very worried as, w- as well about reporting way too many problems in and around the skate park over the past week, and indeed... Uh, you know, Fitzgerald's Park. So there you have it. Uh, the story that we dealt with last week with regards to the closure and hope that that can be reverted. And I know that there's a rally and a get-together this afternoon uh, with regards to the closure of Stepping Stones Preschool in Farnree. That makes the front of the echo today. And on the inside pages, they have now put a, a figure on the amount that um, bringing in Ukrainian refugees uh, away from war-torn Ukraine, how much it's going to cost the state this year alone. According to Michael McGrath, that figure now has been put at over 1 billion euro. Over 1 billion euro. The whole idea really was that the public would pick up the flack and take many of them. Unfortunately, for a lot of different reasons, that didn't happen. So over a billion and climbing apparently. And that's just for this year alone. Michal is denying <coughs> that there's any issues going on within Fianna Fáil. And he's saying there is no pressure on him to quit in any way, shape or form. He says it's all to do with hype. All is good, nothing to see here. But the mail then give us the runners and riders as to who are waiting in the shadows. Jim O'Callaghan, John McGuinness, Dara Kaliri, uh, Dara Delboy O'Brien, as they call him, Barry Cowan, and of course our very own uh, waiting in the wings, Michael McGrath. They call him probably the best qualified in terms of experience and capacity. So if there were to be a heave on Michal Martin, and he's saying there isn't and there won't, Michael McGrath seems to be the front runner to replace him. Um, the squeezed middle, you know that term, uh, the squeezed middle were also referenced or referred to by Leo Varadkar uh, a few years back as the people who get up early in the morning and go out to work. They have been completely and utterly forgotten by Fine Gael. I'm not just saying that, the mail isn't just saying that, 
but people within Fine Gael are saying it yet again. So Fine Gael's dilemma is they've lost those that go out to work in the morning completely and utterly. And meanwhile, there's a fear amongst parents with regards to more and more of their children being uh, online without any supervision in any way, shape or form. And a lot of that, of course, could lead them (coughs) into uh, pornography and a very confused view of sex. All too often in school... I think I'm told that the warnings with regards to sexual or the, the, the coverage of sex and sexual activity in school is more to do with warnings about pregnancy and STIs and consent and what have you and nothing to do with actually the enjoyment of the act. Um, that's just something I read in the papers this morning. But the Independent says that the new junior cert syllabus will tackle issues of pornography and consent and the tackling of the issue of consent is a very important one because it, I suppose the way the world is going now you need to sign document before you'd ever think of having sex with a, you know, a man, woman whatever the case may be but the new junior cert curriculum now will see lessons about pornography given in the classrooms and they're expecting some pushback from at least some parents regarding that one. Your thoughts are welcome on that text 0868 104 106 I mean the world is changing so fast that even a simple emoji do you know the winking emoji that people use. I mean, we've got the thumbs up one, we've the smiley face, there's lots of them. But the winking emoji, certainly in the workplace, is causing problems. And here's an example. You've got a younger generation who don't like phone calls because they think they're aggressive and will only text. And you've got an older generation who like phone calls and actually the physical connection of the spoken word. Um, and they don't find it. I mean, maybe the older age groups find the text messaging aggressive. But apparently the winking emoji, emoji young people see it, uh, see the symbol as summing someone flirting with them, while the older workers believe it's nothing more than harmless humour. So... See how confusing of me these days? And the papers also tell us, as if we didn't know it, as you're firing up the barbecue at the weekend, that uh, doesn't matter how much you exercise, you will, ever, you will never outrun or outwork out, if that's even a term, you will never beat um, a bad diet by working out in the gym or running or any kind of exercise whatsoever. So no matter how much physical activity you do, you will never catch up or pass out a bad diet. Uh, but people are changing big time. Certainly the younger generation are changing. They're much more conscious. There was a time, 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, you'd have reams and reams of 18, 20, 25, 30-year-olds heading to the pub. A lot of the time now you see them bringing a gym bag to work and going straight to the gym. And that's why that uh, story in the UK, and I wonder how relevant it is to hear, you see more and more people now uh, going to the pub but drinking non-alcoholic drinks. I don't know what the stat is here, But 17% of men in the UK and 22% of women in the UK do not drink alcohol. And no alcohol is drunk in almost a third of all trips to the pub now. You know, one in three trips to the pub is a temperance trip, if you like, where no alcohol. I was wondering as to why more people now are snubbing booze and they go for... uh, It's it's not that they go for a mineral, as we used to call it, a Coke or a Fanta or a Club Orange or whatever or a rock shandy, they go for a non-alcoholic beer or, or not like a gin and tonic or whatever the case may be. I suppose the upsides to it is no hangovers in the morning. You're also able to remember everything the next day. You're also able to drive to and from the pub in your car. Uh, and you feel better, I guess. So maybe there's some... And also, added to the fact that non-alcoholic beer and non-alcoholic... I'm not so sure about the wine, though, but certainly non-alcoholic beer tastes an awful lot better now. You know? A lot of the time, I mean, the high and zero... You'd know you, you would know the difference. There's a non there's a, a zero 
Guinness Stout now, and but two up in front of you, never know the difference either. So maybe there's some of the reasons. Anyway, text 0868104106. Straight to the phone lines we go. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. A very sad story coming in uh, overnight of a man who drowned in Kilorglan. He fell off a boat, apparently, and uh, drowned. And last week, of course, we had stories of other people who drowned up the country. Um, this is an astonishing story because this is a story of somebody who was saved from from drowning down in Onahinche yesterday. And thank you to Timmy O'Driscoll for coming on air. Timmy, good morning. Morning, how are you, mate? You, I'm well. You saved a lad from drowning yesterday, I'm told. Is that right? That's right, boy. Um, we were down with uh, myself and the girlfriend and two kids. We stayed in um, the County Hotel there for that night. And we were going we were going to uh, into Danny. So I was up, we were head off to Onahinche. So as we were up to Onahinche, we went off with the normal Mikey Collins Mikey Collins is out there. Yes, I do. Yeah, we went in there first, had a look around, and then we got them to one inch. I know you, you have two beaches in one inch when the tide is out. You have the fair, the, the fair off beach there on the left hand side. You do. You know something? I have a map of it here in front of me, and it is a split beach. Yeah, yeah. It's split yeah, by yeah, a channel yeah. of water. Yeah. That's right, by yeah, when yeah. the tide's out there. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting down in there, and there's a little baby pool there for the kids, so they were built in the way in there. And uh, I spotted these two young flags. And they were playing terms of father, like obviously, like, and then the bottles starting to get very bad, rough in there. The, the waves were fucking, I'm oh, sorry, no, the waves were mental hard to get up. Yeah. They were very high. Yeah. And uh, I said, there's some rapids there by undercurrents and stuff there. But um, the red guy told me to get over the bottle, yeah, and they come down between the two flags. They'd be said, blue flags, would they be blue flags, correct me, I think it's, is it... What colour so flag is up? Are they red? Red or blue? Red and orange. Red and orange. Yeah, okay, fair play. Well done. Yeah, yeah. so they were in between. They didn't listen to the, uh, the lifeguard, and so the lifeguard walked away. And uh, they came out of the water, obviously, like, and they were playing ball, and they're dead. And uh, the lifeguard went off way down the beach, you know, and uh, the lifeguard was over the distance. They went back in, and that's when that's when I spotted them then. I see one young for there. One of the two, the two men out there swimming as the two brothers. And uh, I seen one young fella come in, but the other young fella was getting dragged out. So I just got up off the ground, up off the sand, and I just took off. I, I ran for road. Because I, I, I seen him going down. What? He came back up. What? How so far I, out? How far out? He was, he was a good bit out with me. I kind of know he was a good bit out. And I, I seen the father running around. He was looking for the lifeguards. There was no lifeguards around like. But he was up, in, up inside the house. There's a little uh, life ho- uh, lifeguard yeah. station. Yeah. I said he never spotted the child, but I, I took off in the bike. I ran, ran forward. And think twice, like, I just took off. And the dad was there, thank you, uh, he goes, hey, I, I can't swim, I can't swim. So I just I ran into the water after him. And then he was going down. As I, as I, got, as I got to him, he was just going under. So I, I pulled him back up. And I, I told him to swim. I go, you need to swim, mate. Otherwise, I go to two of us again. How far and out? I mean, you, you weren't you weren't able to stand in the water at that stage. No, no, in, in the I sand. could not stand. No, two of us. There was no, there was no standing there around me. It took me about, I'd say, about five minutes trying to get us, get us in of the undercurrent. Well, did so you I feel as if you were being dragged the other yeah, way? Yeah, I was or? getting dragged. Oh, I was getting dragged as well with the young fella. Scary, like. <sighs> that's, that's the first time I ever went into the ocean after someone like I didn't think twice. I like I didn't freeze. I, mean, I know most people will freeze. Like so I just got p- up off the ground by and just took off. Yeah. So you're in there. You've grabbed him. He was going down for the last time. You think? 
You tell him, you need to swim with me. We need to do this yeah. together. Were you panicked? Yeah, I was kind of panicked. You know, I told him, I was like, I was, you need to get your head up off the wall. So I kept lifting him as I was swimming. I, I had him by the, the hand and I was swimming with one hand. So there was no, I told him, kick his legs. I was, you need to kick your legs. So he was exhausted. He was exhausted by him. That's God as I was through. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> And, and slowly but surely you, you fought against that tide and managed to... Yeah. We just got, we both got him back and just got on time through. How long did all of that take? It felt forever, Mike, just to get back into shore. But it was in a split, uh, about 10, 10, 5, 10 minutes, I'd That's say. That's a long time. It, is. it felt like a half an hour when we out the water, like... You must have been exhausted when you got him back yeah, onto the beach. I'm shaking everything, but I didn't know what was going on. Okay, so when, like, you got him, when you got him back onto the sand, what happened next? Uh, the life guy came over to the station, didn't, but uh, he's bored under his hand. I got shot. You're, you're no good. So it was too late. And, like, like, if I wasn't there, he was gone. He, there was no doubt about that. Oh gone. My God. He was gone, definitely. The, the poor family, we, we uh, organized him uh, a few minutes there. My God almighty. Yeah. Um, did he need resuscitating or turning no, on no. the side or was the water no, in the no. lungs? No, no. no. There was none of that. Because he, he, he's always close. I goes, look, I goes, you need to swim. I goes, you need to kick your legs. He goes, I can't. He goes, I'm exhausted. He goes, I can't. I can't. I goes, you need to kick your legs. I goes, we need to get over this water faster. So I seen the big wave. Like I had him by the hand and I seen the wave coming in. So I, pick, I, I tried to pick him up. And I, t- I caught him against the wave, and the wave then brought him in, and they swam in, in after him then, and then that's what we were gonna, we stood in the sand then. Do you have, did you have any training in either? Because you seem to handle it so meticulously, or was it instinctive? No, um, like I was in primary school, and we had a course, we did do a course there a long time ago, I think 43 years ago, so. and then um, we, we did a course, and uh, life, life gave them. It was up May for some point at the yeah, time, like. yeah. that was a long time ago, now. yeah. And, uh, we we wear three 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 lots of clothes. Go away. And I jump into the deep end and take off your clothes as you're as you're in the deep end, like. Amazing. You have to take off all your clothes, like. Don't just off. Don't just finish off. In case that that happened in reality yeah, and you so were weighed down by yeah. 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 And so his parents were back on the beach then. They must have been so relieved. Yeah, stop, yeah. The young, I was I said to the young for that, I was don't don't go back in there no way. because uh, I'm not going back in there so again. What did the parents say to you? The, the dad couldn't go over. He goes, thank you so much, boy. And the dad couldn't swim. Then he goes, he's so sorry. He goes, I, I, I can't swim. I was just shouldn't have left the bike up there. Like, geez, no? I have to I say, I know what you're saying, but the lifeguard on numerous occasions told them to come out, told yeah, them to swim between them. the flags. They yeah. came out, and as soon as you went out of sight, they went back in again. So I, I know kids are like that, and they'll do that kind of thing, but uh, they were in there unbeknownst to the lifeguard, I would suggest. You know, they have yeah, a big, yeah. Lifeguards have a big beach to cover. It's, it's about you know, have, families looking after them, their like. children as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's truly that, yeah. Unbelievable. Just, oh, no, I, I'm probably never going to over this thing. No, you won't, because yeah. uh, unfortunately... Back, I remember covering this run about 2006. We had people who went in to rescue others who were drowning and drowned yeah, themselves. And they went down with them, yeah. You know? And they thought, I, like, I thought he'd go into a panic mode. And they went to my back or something and dragged me down. And if that happened, there was no one coming along with us. Well, because you'd be they fighting him and the panic. tide as well, you see. That's right, but yeah, yeah, truly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'd say shock set in afterwards. <laughs> it did. It did afterwards. Yeah, disbelief. 
Yeah. How's it, how's it feel to save a life? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can't. I, I can't say much. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I just feel like he's alive. Like, yeah. Well, you know? you'll al- you'll always have yeah. that with you now. You saved yeah. a life. That's an amazing thing to be able to say. I, I remember years ago, didn't leave you know, the the dam in the scar dam. Yeah. No, do you have any all the kids go playing up above that there sometimes? You you can swim up there, like. Yeah. The stairs, the stairs, step there, like. Yeah. But uh, I remember the stair, the stair child, and I was I was sitting down and I was, I was watching my small one at the time, like she she did it, no, like just it was a long time ago, no. I said she was about three or four at the time, but uh, the stair child, I said he was about three me. He walked out and disappeared, like I I, I got up and landed in the bathroom, and I picked him up. You so see, he, yeah, they don't. They, they just don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. You see, the power of water or the danger. They, they just don't, don't like yeah. and and tides yeah. and rip tides and currents and currents under the water and the power of it. Yeah, like that, you know. I'm just there at the right place at the right time, Mike. Fair play to you because we'd be talking about a totally different story this morning—a yeah. drowning in yeah. Inchidani Beach. That's the thing, by yeah. Well done, well no, done. No, 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 no. They're calling you this morning a legend of a man. <laughs> <laughs> See the text coming in already, a legend of a man. How are you getting on with the summer with the family? Are you going to nice places? Um, we're only back from France there, mate. Um, so, i say never again, we go over to France. Why? Yeah. We went to Paris. We stayed in Paris there for a few days. And uh, we get on the train, we went back to uh, get the boss back uh, home, like. Yeah. And uh, there was these three kids. I said, Neil, I said, we're about 13, 14, lads. The, the boy up in the way to us, and I knew no more. They'll have to take my wallet. Ah, oh, for God's they took, sake. They took the girlfriend's purse. What? You, you wouldn't see the size of only. They dropped my wallet, and I go, what, what's that? I got my wallet. And they had to open my, I had a pair of shorts on me, and it was a zip. Yeah. And uh, my wallet was inside it. I, I, never, I, I never felt them open the zip. Were you on a train or a bus or a tube? Uh, a or train. Or yeah, a train. We were heading, we were heading back to Palace. And they managed to open the zip in your oh, shorts, unbeknownst. Open the zip in my shorts, take out my wallet, and then open the, the, the girlfriend's uh, bag, took her purse. But thank God they dropped my, my wallet. Yeah. And then, as they were getting off the train, the girl's hand got caught in the door, and she dropped uh, the girlfriend's um, wallet or purse. So at least you got them back, but it, it was a, amazing how they got them off you, unbeknownst to you. And they were only kids. Kids, by yeah. So they're on, they're on the trains then, just robbing people and jumping off yeah. at stops. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because they, ju- they jumped off the minute the doors were closing, so they were in and out gang. And then the girls came on the, minute, on the next uh, stop then. But I said they were known. I said they knew they were on the train. Somewhere. Unbelievable pickpockets. And so <laughs> good at it, like. Oh. They're good at yeah, robbing so. it, but not holding on to it, like. They drop it <laughs> a lot. Definitely. Unbelievable. All right. Well, listen. Have you uh, have you anything planned for the 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 rest of the summer and the good weather with your tribe? I don't. Last moment, Neil. All right. Because I've got some great family passes. So we're giving them away last week and giving some more away this week. I'd love to organise a few for you. There's a whole load of them. I'll allow you to choose. It's a good time for me to remind people of what I have. Michael Collins' house. You've been there. Spike yeah. Island. Have you been there? I've been there by the, 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 the night time the other one's Halloween. Okay, Camden Fort Mar, have you been there? I've been there. Yeah, you're getting around, aren't you? Cove Heritage <laughs> Centre. Been there, done it. Fair play, Skibbereen uh, Heritage Centre. Uh, no, haven't been there. No. You've got to go down there to the Famine Museum. It's an incredible oh, thing. So, are, oh, you, right. are you mobile? Have you a motor car? 
I have, I have, I have care, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get a family pass for that. Y'all clock gate tower. No, never been Think there. about that one, it's a cracker. Photo Wildlife Park, been there. Has, yeah, loads of things. Leahy's Farm. Loads of things. Okay, Blackrock, Blackrock, Blackrock Castle Observatory. No, no, I said uh, the farm, I know she loved that. Think about that. Uh, yeah. What else have I got for you? Leisureplex. Mm, yeah, we've been there, yeah. Cork City Jail. I have been there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing the places that Timmy O'Driscoll has oh. been. Oh. West Cork Secret. No. All right, think about that one. Zip it, yeah. Farron Woods. Zip it, uh, a zip I, line. I have been there, yeah. Ah, Timmy, you're making yeah. this up. Oh, no, I've been there, right? It took me two, nearly two, two hours to get along the whole uh, course. You're an incredible man. You must be a very <laughs> proud Cork man, in fairness. I am, right. Kilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre. No. Thanks <laughs> be to God. West Cork Model Railway Village in Clonakilty. No, we were going to go there yesterday. Oh, so sort that. It's magnificent. I caught you out on that one. Yeah, I, I, I bet you haven't rang the Shandon Bells. No. I ah, don't where are you from? <laughs> the last thing. You never rang the Shandon Bells? No, no, never. Mortified for you. You should be ashamed <laughs> no, of yourself. No, I'm, I'm not so sure if you want to go back on the water, but what about a self-drive boat tour from Cork yeah, Harbour Boat it. Hire, huh? Yeah, I love that. No, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to do it. Cork City Jail, not the bold one. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, God almighty, thank God yeah. I found half a dozen. <laughs> okay, so Cork City Jail, Cork Harbour Boat Hire, West Cork Model Railway Village, Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre, West Cork Secret, Blackrock Observatory and Skibbereen Heritage Centre. Pick a fistful of those for your good work. No, I'm not Oh, and listen, while, I, while I'm on the subject, how many have you got in the family? Uh, all right. You know Dino's in Blackpool? Do, yeah. Okay. I got about 50 euro worth of vouchers for Dino's in Blackpool. You can either go in and sit down for a nosh or do the drive-thru. How do you fancy that? Yeah, bring me 10 million, Mike. You deserve each You deserve each and every one of those. So enjoy the nosh up, Timmy, and also enjoy all of those family passes and have a wonderful time. You saved a life. Well done. You're a legend. Thanks, Tim. Thanks a million. Cheers, pal. Good luck. All, all the best. Bye. Take Good care. Bye. Text 0868104106. Staying with water after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Now, we'd put up a text uh, or a, a, a post on Facebook last night wondering whether or not really and truly that all children or everybody under 18 is should be and always under the 100% protection and guidance and responsibility of their parents. I suppose if we had more parents like Timmy O'Driscoll having gone to so many different places with his children. I mean, the amount of different uh, tourist attractions in Cork that he's visited, that's really great parenting, isn't it? We'd more of that, I suppose. We wouldn't be reporting uh, on a stabbing on the shaky bridge yesterday afternoon around about half past four. And we wouldn't be talking about a hammer attack on Nanonagel Bridge the day before on Saturday. Uh, but anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. But I want to stay with the water for now. John O'Sullivan uh, is with Inchidani Inland Lifeboat. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Uh, I wonder how much of that conversation you heard with Timmy regarding that channel in Onahinsha this morning. Yeah, I was listening to it there, and uh, unfortunately, you know, um, hearing about those kind of incidents, it wouldn't be new to us down here, you know? Yeah, that is very dangerous, and I have a map of it here in front of me because uh, it is a channel of water at the end of the beach, isn't it? And kind of like the western side of the beach, right? That's correct, Neil. Uh, if people are familiar with Inchidani, it's uh, a bit like going in. It's split by a headland, so you have the East Beach and the West Beach. Yeah. 
And just as the West Beach uh, acts over into the western side, it's, um, there's a channel there. It's called uh, Mucker Strand over there. Yeah. And basically what happens is the tide comes in, the water comes in, there's a huge volume of water that comes into that bay area there. Obviously the tide turns, and it's, it's, it, as the tide turns, there's a, there's a fixed rip current develops. All the water is trying to rush out through very a quickly through it. It's trying to get out through a narrow channel, so it's getting out exactly. at speed. And if you're in there swimming, and you're caught in that, you get you get you get almost like shunted really quickly through the channel, and you're in deep water, away from the beach that's, when you come out of it. That's right, Neil. What happens is what happens is exactly as you said. You're caught up in the currents before you know it. You can't touch the bottom. You can't swim against it, Neil. These currents. An Olympic swimmer wouldn't be able to swim against these currents. There may be a race of knots. And you're pulled out then, Neil, what happens is, and a lot of people will panic. Their instant is to fight back to where they come from, Neil. And what happens is then, unfortunately, you get tired very quickly against the currents. So, so what, peop- what should people do in a situation like that, where they're out of their depth, they're going out, not in, nobody's there to come to their rescue. There's not a boat in the water or anything. What should they do? It's very important for people to immediately, if they find themselves in that kind of a situation, is to go onto their back and float. Very important. You can control your breathing then, Neil, and you put your arm up then and you start shouting for help. Neil, in respect to Inchilani, there are a team of lifeguards down on that beach, Neil, every morning. They'll be there at 10 o'clock. They set up red and yellow flags. You always look out for the red and yellow flags on the beaches, on the eastern and western beaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're sitting on that beach, Neil. That's where you swim. Yeah. And that's where you tell your children to swim, Neil. Like, in fairness, in in Shirani, in that case of the western channel, there's a beach down there. But the car park down there, Neil, there's an entrance into it down there. And when you go into the car park, there's huge signs there saying, this is a dangerous area. Do not swim in this channel. But because you know people what? are parking there, they're getting access to the beach where the parking they're is parking and they're thinking there, they're that they can swim. They're in def- and yeah. they're going in. So in defense of the lifeguards in this instance yesterday, uh, at the, yesterday afternoon on Ahinsha, the lifeguard kept on telling these kids, stop swimming there, get back in between the flags. They came out of the water, went in between the flags, but as soon as the lifeguard went away, they went back outside the flags again. Absolutely, Neil. And as I said, I'm here speaking for Inchilani Lifeboats, but we work very closely with the lifeguards in Inchilani. And we see it time and time again, the lifeguards, they're going over, they see people outside the swim zone, outside the red and yellow flags. They'll go over, they'll blow the whistle. The people will come out and move in. Other people will go back and unfortunately go back into the same area again. And Neil, to put in perspective, yesterday at 12 o'clock at Inchilani, there must have been a thousand people on the beach, Neil, and maybe wow. 250 people in the water. Wow. Now, you have a lifeguard on that beach, Neil. It's a huge task, you know, to be scanning your, your patrol zone all the time. As I said, we run a charity here, a rescue boat. We started here in 1970 because of a tragedy at Inchidani. Luckily, there have been very few since. Very few since in Inchidani. Inchidani's beaches are probably, I would say, the safest beaches. And the most gorgeous too, yeah. But you've got to stay away from areas that you're told not to swim. You have to follow the guidelines. So a lifeguard then who's patrolling the beaches, what does he or she have? A whistle? Uh, A loud hailer? What? Yeah, to be honest with you, the lifeguards will have have a whistle and they'll have have a handheld radio and in Inchidani specifically, they're spotting from the headlands 
And if they see someone who's going outside the zone, outside the swim zone or see an issue, they'll radio the lifeguard on the beach. They'll go over and they'll blow the whistle at them and they'll keep blowing at them until they direct them out of that area. In our case, then, we, we, if we're asked to, we'll launch the boat and we've got a small inflatable boat here, a rib, very fast, very good about getting out through the water quickly, out through the waves, and we'll go over and we'll help out. You know, we just made a rescue there last Saturday week with a swimmer, came into the water, in, he went in between the red and yellow flags, but immediately proceeded to swim directly out to sea near. Very quickly, he became tired. We heard over the radio that they were going to have to go in and get him. We went out. Within 90 seconds, we had the boat in the water. Wow. And within two minutes, we had him pulled into the boat and back in. The minute he saw the boat, he raised his hand, started waving. He was in trouble. We brought him back in and, and brought him back onto the beach, you know, and into the care of the lifeguards. Down here in Inchidani, Cork County Council lifeguards are in charge of the beach. We're here as a backup. That's them, right. You know? And can I ask you, when you hear of stories like that lad yesterday in Onahinsha, whose life was saved from drowning by Timmy O'Driscoll, could we have equally been looking at Timmy drowning? Uh, I mean, what, what are the recommendations when a punter who can swim sees something happening on the water where somebody is clearly in, in trouble? I think, Neil, I straight here that the advice is always do not go in yourself, Neil. Always raise the alarm straight away. Because, unfortunately, we've seen in the past, like that incident in Owen Hinch in 2006, yeah. that the rescuers became the victims. Neil. Yeah, that's right. It happened so quickly. And people, people get caught with Neil. You'd be amazed how quickly people can respond. And always, Neil, if you see anyone in the water in trouble, and if you're not next to the lifeguard, Neil, I don't think people realise this. But if you ring the emergency services on 999 or 112, they'll take a call in one of their stations and they have direct access to the lifeguard stations dotted along the Cork and Irish coastlines. And they can say there is reports of a person in trouble in this specific area. Can you respond? But Timmy was saying there was only a matter of of seconds left, really, at this stage, you know? Um, That he had no choice but to... You're saying that he could equally have drowned himself. That, 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 that's an issue, Neil, and it's the problem all the time that people will feel like there is no other alternative except going. If you have to go in, Neil, if you have to, you try and bring a life by with you. They're stationed around all Cork beaches, Cork County Council provide them. Try bring something to float with, Neil, be it a bodyboard, if you can grab a surfboard, anything that would float. Try and bring that with you, you know. Okay, so just finally, you, you say, don't fight it, uh, turn over on your back and float. Can, can, can we float indefinitely? You can float, Neil. You can float for a very long time. The body is amazing the way you go onto your back and you will float, Neil. And it's amazing you can, you can recover your, your breathing quite quickly that way, you know. Indefinitely, but, until somebody notices you're missing. You could that's be gone that's half that's a mile off the beach. Put your hand up and start shouting, Neil, and somebody. But the, the thing about that, Neil, is when you're going to the beach, Neil, if you, you are bringing your children to the beach, Neil, it's very important that you supervise them. Yeah, that's you it. You know, yeah. as I said, there is the lifeguards watching a patrol zone, but with 250 of them left in the water, Neil, you have, you have to supervise your children, Neil. It's very important. Never swim alone if you're going to the beach. And always avoid areas, Neil, that are known danger areas. And, yeah, well, and I'd say that there are an awful lot of rescues that you guys go about and also lifeguards go about every single day when the sun is shining that we don't hear about, unreported, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, Neil, to be honest with you. It's part of their work, the lifeguards, yeah. they saw when they were yesterday. They, they make little saves and grabs when people get caught in the rip currents. Yeah. Rip currents will develop during the day at different times, Neil. And rip currents, Neil, another thing, they're on all beaches. 
It doesn't matter where the beach is, you will have a rip current in some parts of the beach. Okay. You'll see the lifeguards during the day, they'll be moving the red and yellow flags left and right to avoid the rip currents. But Neil, 20 metres along the beach, there could be rip currents. No, people don't realise that, you know. Yeah, just before I do let you go, and I will, John, the lads were telling me you were talking about a rescue two weeks ago that involved alcohol, is that right? Well, absolutely, Neil. Unfortunately, the, the alcohol does contribute to uh, rescues that we t- that take place here in all our speeches, you know. And we, we would say we would say never, ever take alcohol if you intend on going swimming. It's, it's just that the combination of them together is can really, really be, be, be a very bad case. You know, and uh, we're delighted to help out where we can. As I said, uh, we're, we're, we're a registered charity here and uh, we're delighted to make any rescue that, uh, that we're asked to make, you know. Well done to you for all of the great work that you do. And again, uh, it could have been an entirely different story this morning if it weren't for the intervention of Timmy O'Driscoll, who clearly put his own life at risk, but thank God. He brought that boy back to the beach safely and alive. John, thank you so much. Another busy day ahead of you guys today, so I'll let you get on. Appreciate you taking the call. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Very good words of wisdom. John O'Sullivan from Inchidoni Inland Lifeboat. Text 0868104106. Calls on the way. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Super weather, absolutely. And of course, enjoy it. Uh, Laurie, good morning. Hi, how are you? Thanks for holding. Have you got jet skis? Yeah. Is that like uh, the one you sit up on and it, it powers along in the water? That's the one, yeah. What do they call them? Sea-doos, is it? No, that's just a brand. No, we have um, a Yamaha Wave Runner. Wow. Takes two up yeah. on it? Takes three. Three. A lot yeah, of fun. On with three. <laughs> a lot of fun. So where do you go with it? Uh, so yesterday we went from Ring of Skiddy, drove through Passage up the marina. We just docked there and sat down at lunch. Oh, they're lovely. <laughs> they're very economical, I'd say. They wouldn't take much petrol, would they? Oh, they do, Neil. Oh, do they? Do they eat it up yeah. if you're at high speed? Era, like we went through 90 euro yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. That didn't include lunch, no? <laughs> no, 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 no. Bombing up and down the river. Yeah. I love Era, one. Like, I love yeah. one of them. Oh, they're savage, yeah. Yeah, are they savage expensive? Yeah, no, you get them handy enough, I'd say. Ah, uh, you wouldn't, your ear. You're talking thousands. What? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, a few thousand, but sure, like, treat yourself. Okay. So, tell me, what, what did you observe? Was it at the weekend? Oh, yeah, just yesterday. Jesus. Like, we, like, you know, you'd have to have late jacks on. That's kind of the only law around them. Like, and it was this man um, with two small kids on the back, like, down ring a skiddy. He'd no life jacket on. They had life jacks on, but, like, one of the kids had an adult one on. But, like, we were only saying, like, the waters yesterday were choppy, like, you know, under the bridge by Hobol in there. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was choppy. We were saying, fuck, if he, oh, sorry. If he comes off, like, them he, kids are he, Oh, that. so this so this man and two kids were also on a jet ski? Yeah, and like... Him without any yeah, life jacket no. and the child with one that didn't fit? Yeah, like, that's dodgy. Like, like he goes off. Like, what are those kids supposed to do? do you I know? know, I know. Pure carelessness, you know? as you said. Oh, stop. Like, we were we were sitting there, like, he has no life jacket on, like... Only the fact that my brother and his girlfriend took our jet ski and went to Passage and they were, they actually stopped the jet ski and they came off. And the two of them, like, my brother would be six foot eight, like, he'd be a strong fella, like, and he was saying, like, if I didn't have my life jacket, he was like, I was, like, in big trouble. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to say anything to that guy, she wouldn't, because technically it's none of your... You couldn't, like, you know, it's none of your business and you'd know how someone would react and, you know, you just, but... 
Has any has anyone patrolling the waters? Do you know? Do you ever There's come no across? No one down there. Like it's like yesterday it was fairly packed down there. You know, there was a lot of young kids, kind of like thirteen to fifteen, and then there was another crowd, kind of older. Yeah. They were all sorts, like the older crowd, you know, like hopped onto, like there was a boat parked up, they hopped onto the boat, rolling up, I don't know what they were rolling up, but... Um, you see, you know, the, yeah, up, yeah, the problem is, no there, when like, the sun no shines, one. we're not used to it, and we go into panic mode to try and enjoy it, and enjoy the water, and maybe not realising that you're yeah. only one step away, or one stupid move away from drowning, or getting hit That's by a it. moving propeller, for instance. Yeah, or even the people diving off the bridge of, you know, it goes down to like a platoon at the bottom. Where? You know, and ring a skiddy Paddy's Point. They're you jumping know, off the bridge. Yeah, like, they ju- they're jumping off the metal bridge, like, and you're going, that water, during the day, is not that deep there. And you're just going, oh, Jesus, you know? I know, I know. Because we were down there for hours yesterday, like, and there just should, like, there probably should be someone down there, especially in this weather, like. Yeah, I know, it's just about being aware, you know, creating oh, awareness. Your man, like, with no life jacket, like, we were going... Is he actually free? Like, do you, you know, when you buy a jet ski, for instance, right, or a sea yeah. or whatever. Do you have to do a course? No, no, no. There's you no just, kind you of buy it, take no it out of the knowledge. box if you like, get it onto a ramp That's or it. get it onto a trailer into the water, and off you go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of off, off you go. Yeah, you think that there sh- should be some kind of a course? I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like I suppose it's a high power. It's a high powered like, piece of equipment. Yeah, like his was definitely like about a thousand cc. Like, like it was a powerful one he had. Really? You know, and two small. Yeah, two small kids on the back. He's no life jacket. But then, like, he goes off like. What kind like, of speed? Oh, you'd hit. You could hit nearly on what he had. I suppose you could hit well over ninety kilometers an hour. Our one hits kind of eighty-seven tops. What? What's that yeah. in knots? I have no idea. But there is laws like on the water, you know, like when you come into like ninety kilometers could be anywhere up to a, I don't know about sixty, fifty, fifty, sixty knots. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, they're fast. Like, but you do have, I know that if you travel up the water up the lee, you do have to slow it down. Like, you have to take it down to like I think it's like under ten kilometers. I yeah. could be wrong. No, like you do. There, is, there is a, there's a warning in the inland harbors and up there the is, up yeah, the channel. Yeah. But so no, no training or nothing no. at all. But yet you can get on something on the water that could do fifty knots mm. or eighty or ninety kilometers. Yeah, and like if you go, like that's what I'm saying. Like you, that life jacket is so important. Like on the jet ski, especially because there's a kill switch on it as well, attached to the. Did he have his kill ski? switch on? Do you know? Yeah. So like you've like a thing attached to your life jacket, which is attached to. They were the, the stop the and go button switch, is yeah. on the jet ski. Yeah. Yeah. So if you come off, that'll pull and the jet ski will just stop so you can hop back on. You know? God almighty. Yeah. Listen, uh, and of course, you, you, you use them responsibly. How, say if you had a full oh, tank yeah. and you did a fairly handy yeah. speed, how far could you go? Um, Like we were out the other night and we had a full tank, which is about 45 litres, maybe 50, and we got two hours of like constant driving like you go to Waterford on itself in Cork would you I wouldn't chance with me <laughs> you wouldn't go to the Isle of Man like I had a buddy of mine oh, once got, a, got oh, into a got oh. into a rib with some extra petrol down in Clonakilty uh, I don't know maybe 8 or 9 o'clock at night and he had breakfast in the Isle of Man wouldn't that be nice do you ever see do you ever see only fools and horses when Del Boy got caught up on the on the on the jet ski and he couldn't turn it around Oh, that was us last week, Neil. We had we were after buying one last week up in Sligo, and uh, we took it down to a skiddy, and uh, 
my dad would be, he's 52 now, and uh, the jet ski was kind of spluttering, and my dad was being the man. Like, he said, oh, I'll take it out there, shall we try it? So we were after changing the spark plugs, and my partner uh, kind of gave him a little kick out, you know, just to kind of get him away from the... Yeah. The, Tune thing. Push. And my, it was it was only frozen half. Like you couldn't write this. It was so funny. And my dad goes, uh, started it anyway. Gave it a bit of power, and the, the seat actually blew up. Like the jet ski blew up. My dad went up in the air, down into the freezing water. And like God. it was the funny. Like at the time, we were obviously like, oh Jesus, he alright. Like, and um, <laughs> he was grinding for like, and there was a big crowd down there. I'm telling you, the ructions, the laughter down there was. It was the funniest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. I actually thought it was a bomb after going off <laughs> in the middle of the day. It was that loud. Oh it, was just, it was just only fools and horses. Like, it was so funny. I think he was in Miami, wasn't he? He ended up halfway. I, yeah. think, I think Boise was flying over him in a plane. That was <laughs> looks down, <laughs> looks down yeah. he sees Del Boy in the middle of the Atlantic on a yeah. jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was the funniest thing I've ever... Oh. We were just saying like, how no one got it on video because it just... It would have blown up and didn't it? Like, it was so funny. All right, well, at least you have the memory. Look after yourself, Laurie, yeah. and good luck with the jet ski. Stay safe. I'd love one of those. Come on <laughs> out with us, Neil. <laughs> good luck. Take care, Take care. Cheers. Leslie, Bye. good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Thank you for holding. You're very patient. You were in Yall on Saturday. How was it? Um, well, it was beautiful, but um, we just we were on the beach about, I think it was around 5 o'clock, so the tide was starting to come in. And the water was kind of getting a bit choppy because it got a bit windy down there in the yeah, afternoon. Big beach. And we saw like um a, like a, a gang of guys come onto the beach. Um, I said there's about like eight or nine of them, and they went into the water. But one of them, he couldn't even stand. He was he was so drunk, like it, it wasn't even funny. But one of the lifeguards followed him down, and he was like trying to get him out of the water. But every time he tried to like escort him out of the water, the guy kept falling down into the water. So the lifeguard had to pick him back up. And he kept trying to get past him to get out into the water, but the lifeguard wouldn't let him. He, he, um, he kept trying to go back into the water? He wanted to go in, he wanted to go in with his buddies because there was a big gang of them, so he was trying to follow them out. But the lifeguard was like, no, 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 you can't go in. Um, and he kept falling. So, um, the, the, now fair play to the lifeguard. Like, the lifeguard, like, they're, they're young, like, you know, they're, 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 not, they're not men, they're kind oh, of yeah, young flirts that were there. They have enough to and be they, putting up with. Like. They have enough to be putting up with. And I say the guy that was, like, drunk was probably older than him, you know. Um, yeah. So, he, he stuck with him and fair play to him. Like, he was at the, the water's edge, I'd say, for about four or five minutes, just saying, no, no, you're not going in. And eventually, then, I think, you know, your man got the message. So, the lifeguard, to be fair, stuck with him and escorted him up the beach, even though your man was staggering all over the place. He was kind of speed wobbling from one end to the other end. He just made sure, like, that he took him off the beach and up onto, like, where the car park was and kept an eye on him and just would not let him get into yeah, the water. Yeah, but that's one lifeguard off the beach then, keep an eye on drunken man, you know? That's, an, that's just annoying to hear. I mean, yeah, not, did yeah, your man's no. mates not to say to him, look, we need to get you out of the water, no? No, and that's what we were saying because we were like, you know, they're, they're, they're a great bunch of lads there, you know, like they, they just left their body there. They didn't, you know, they didn't say we'll take them out or anything. They were off out deep. They were up to their chest and they were they had a ball with them and they were playing a, bit, a game. But no one came back out to get the body or oh, to make yeah. sure that the body oh, was yeah. okay. Yeah. But, um, well, I'll tell you something. They'd have a, certainly a different story the next morning if there was no lifeguard there and their body drowned, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they've, they've, been around, they've been around for the weekend. Like they're, they're, they're camping next to the beach so like they've just been on a session for the last few days Go they have away. a tent set up and they're just it's just it's just party for them Go at away. the moment yeah. I know I, yeah. know, I know. And, uh, listen are you down there then for a while are you staying down in y'all yeah I have a mobile in y'all so, how's yeah, it going with the mobiles happy days 
happy days. But I, I think it's quite quiet this year for some reason. Is like it? the last couple of years, it's been really, really busy. I know now it's probably over COVID and all that, and everyone has come down or stayed with their friends or stayed with their relations. But it seems to be quiet kind of around yeah. the place. Are, the, know, are the mobile home know. parks quiet? That's what I think. I think ours is definitely a bit more quiet this year for some reason. It's, yeah. It doesn't seem to be as busy or as or as mad as it usually is. I just, wa- um, I'm just wonder if people decided that they want to go overseas for a change, having not been able to for the last few years. I don't know. I mean, I've noticed that it's quiet as well down South Kerry. I don't know what West Cork is like, but doesn't this time two or three years ago, places were mobbed. And when we yeah. were staycationing, they were mobbed. But it doesn't yeah. seem that way now. You see, that's what I think. We've just come out of the second week now, say, of the school holidays, the third week of the school holidays. So maybe just, like, people finished school and decided, let's go overseas. Well, you or couldn't afford to, to stay somewhere. in a hotel or a bed and breakfast, like, with the prices. You know, you just well, couldn't. No, no way. No, no. I just love the idea of Cork people having mobile homes and heading down there for hundreds of years, down to y'all, to the beach. It's fabulous. It's and hand it on. And I bet your, your parents before you were down there, were they? Not my parents. My parents um, would have had a mobile in, in over Gary Vaux, Shanagari. Yeah, um, East, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like my kids are just like they are having a ball. Like it's just the memories that they're getting from the oh, summer down there. It. I love it. It kind of keeps us going through the winters, to be honest. I know. Listen, enjoy the wonderful weather you're getting at the moment because the kids must be absolutely loving it. They are, they and are. You Thanks too. All right, Leslie, Thanks cheers. So Thanks for calling. Thanks for day. listening. Morning to everybody down your way. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now, 086-8104-106, Red FM. Schools are off, that's something, but for everybody else, wouldn't it be lovely if we had a national day of half days this week? Or even if they wouldn't do it nationally, that the Lord Mayor would intervene and call on all employers to allow people to have a half day every day this week. And if that weren't even possible, just this afternoon, just tell people at lunchtime, you know, take the afternoon off, go and enjoy the rest of the day. I think it'd be a wonderful thing. Uh, maybe I'm dreaming. Somebody a little confused this morning, conversations about Onahinsha and Inchidani beaches. Let me just clear that up. We were talking about all sorts of beaches, but honed in on two uh, earlier this morning. One was the Onahinsha one where Timmy O'Driscoll saved a young boy from drowning uh, because he wasn't uh, swimming between the proper flags, the lifeguard flags. The other one had to do with the channel of water down Inchidani, which causes problems because people go in there into that channel. Kids go in and you get swept out like a bullet out of a gun. And before you know it, you're way out in the water. So I hope that clears it up. Text 0868104106. I don't know whether Alan from Toker is up for taking a call this morning, but he texted me from France. He says, listening to you in Bordeaux, France this morning, and it's already 30 degrees and climbing. If it were to stop there, it would be lovely, but it'll pass 40 degrees today at about 3 p.m., with a real feel of about 43 degrees. Enjoying the show, says Alan from Toker, but I wonder whether you're enjoying the weather. That's way too hot for me. Even 30 degrees is way too hot for me. You describe 30 degrees as being lovely. Um, but when it goes to 40 and feels like 43, you, you just can't go out in that really, can you? Anyway, Alan, if you're up for a call, let me know. We'll give you a bell, see how things are going down uh, in Bordeaux, down south of France way at 43 degrees today. That's insane. Somebody else said, well, you know, you talk about the high of 33.3 degrees Celsius back in 1887. I don't think that there were too many combustion engines back in 1887. So I wonder what caused the heat back then. Yeah, well, we talk about things like like climate change and all of the warnings that comes with good weather now. Anyway, more on that throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868104106 and I'll come back to it. But I want to deal with other issues uh, on Lee side over the weekend. And the Guardian are now appealing for witnesses 
following an assault. I'm reading from the Echo this morning following an assault at the Shaky Bridge just after four o'clock yesterday, on about half past four. The day before, there was a hammer attack on Nanonagel Bridge and yesterday afternoon, a stabbing at the Shaky Bridge. It left a, a teenager, I think he was a 14-year-old boy, suffering stab injuries taken to the Cork University Hospital. Um, uh, there's text and comments on that because we also shared it online. The question we were asking was following an email from a listener who said that the rise, that I, I, I report a lot of, Antisocial behaviour, for want of a better term, among young people in Cork. Um, and our emailer was saying it's because the parents uh, don't um, live up to their responsibility. Your, your teenager is your teenager and they're your responsibility until they're 18. So with a 14-year-old being stabbed near Fitzgerald's Park at the Shaky Bridge, it's a family-friendly place and a family-friendly event was taking place around the corner of which Red FM were the main sponsors. And we had a great, uh, it was great music being played in the in the in Fitzgerald's Park itself, I know that um, uh, we were there and music was played and it was a big family day. When over in Shaky Bridge, a 14-year-old gets stabbed. I don't know what to make of that. Let's get to the phone lines on it. Pat, good morning. Good morning. How are you, And there sir? was a big event going on in Fitzgerald's Park and many families were there. Uh, you heard of the stabbing, though, did you? I came across this online news this morning around 4.30. Yeah. I just happened to pick my phone up and... I, I spotted the thing, and then I remembered hearing your commentary. Uh, I, in a full disclosure, I don't listen to you wall to wall anymore. But when I'm in the car, you're on the on the on the squawk box. Well, thank um, you for that. I appreciate that, Pat. But uh, I'd I'd heard um, your your uh, interview with someone last week who was attacked with golf clubs and guys on bikes, and. Um, that was the skateboard uh, park, not too far from Fitzgerald's Park. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it follows it, it she said there was video online that the person took uh, where they were trying to defend themselves and they were sort of retreated up onto the shaky bridge. Yeah. Um, and so forth. I yeah, that was Ed. Uh, Ed was the guy that was attacked badly and bruised badly by a, a golf club last week. Yeah. yeah. And my, my comment with my email this morning when I saw that news article was that first of all the number of groups of young adults and I'm ranging in age from about 10 years of age up to about 18 yeah 10 to 18 yeah you can come across any sort of a mix of them and it's not uncommon it's not uncommon to see them roaming groups it's not uncommon to see them running down footpaths and it doesn't matter if it's an old person or a woman walking her child, they will literally nearly bowl them over. Yeah, but I want to I want to hear that that's only the exception, surely. The vast majority of young people behave, but we hear about the ones who don't all too often. Well, here's my problem, right? My problem is, is that within the last week or two, I was sitting at a traffic light, uh, all the windows down, of course, and there was a woman... I'm assuming I'm going to guess somewhere between 40 and 50 years of age, walking along the street, and a bunch of young youngsters, and there were some girls in this, came running along from behind like an avalanche, and nearly knocked her over as they passed. Right? They jostled her as they passed. Yeah, where are they running, right? or what are they running from? Do you ever wonder? No, they were just running for the fun of it. Yeah. They weren't, you know, it was like run and stop, and then run and stop, or whatever. But whatever they did to this lady, right, I think they had, it, it's, um, it could have been 
of a, a sexual nature as they brushed past her, but I'm not 100% sure. But all I heard was the lady shouting after them that in no uncertain terms what she was going to do to them if she got them. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of them turned around, one of them turned around and shouted back, yeah, we'll have you arrested, you can't touch us, we're underage. And then some of the other groups started shouting back about her physical attributes. Her appearance, so that's yeah. What, yeah. yeah. So unbelievable, huh? Yes, and like this is in the middle of the day. Oh, there were sexualized right? comments about the woman. Okay. Oh well, they were they were saying that she had nice, uh, yeah, a nice yeah, chest. I, yeah, I got to yeah. be politely about it. They didn't use that word. Yeah, you know. Um, How so old did you say? I would have put them between eight and fourteen. They were about ten or a dozen of them. There were about ten or a dozen of them, and uh, there were at least three girls with them. And they seem to be every bit as bad as the young fellas. Yeah, I know, I know. I you know, know. Um, but like this, you've had your other incident in, and I'm not aware. All I know is there was an incident in, I believe, Crosshaven, yes. or something like that yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not aware. Of they the go down on the bus in droves, you see, cause mayhem down there on the beaches, pick fights, harass people, uh, try and have fights with other locals. Um, actually, a bus a bus driver down there. Not the weekend gone, but last the weekend before, uh, got punched. He's actually out sick now with injuries. He can't even go to work, the bus driver. But, but is that not something similar to what happened the uh, Gardaí that was sent to some sort of an incident that was during COVID, where, uh, or at the end of COVID, where youngsters actually injured some Gardaí? Wouldn't surprise me, yeah. yeah. It was, was either there or Carrigan, I can't remember which. Yeah, um, oh, there was. There, there's been some... Fairly choice carry on in Carrigaline as well, yeah, absolutely. There was problems in Carrigaline where gangs from Ballancolic were going down to fight gangs in Carrigaline, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so what, what, why has it got so bad and what are we going to do about it? Yeah, well, one of the things that I've seen is, okay, is golf clubs were used in one of the instances recently. I've seen these groups of young fellas, youngsters, there are females amongst them, going around with golf clubs and hurleys. Now, it used to be the case, a young fellow with a hurley or whatever, you took no notice of it. But I think the time has come that unless they can prove that they're actually involved in the sport or something, or going to or coming from a playing field or a club, that other than, we'll say, in their very, very near locality around their own living area where they live, you know... What's the point of going down around the shopping centre or going into town carrying these items? Yeah, because if they're underage, they know that there's no, there's nothing going to happen to them. There's no price to be paid. So is it? The, and, and this, so it's the parents this, really that should be hit. And this is another thing: the underage card. You know, um, it's not the first time that I've heard bunches of young fellas challenged, and that's the first thing they come out with. You can't touch us; we're underage. You know. Yeah. So that, um, so you got to think. What kind of parents have they got? You just really have to think. What kind of parents are they? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, like, the reason I sent you the email was was to open this out to the people of Cork to see what their thoughts on that matter yeah. were. okay. That Fair was play. basically it. Now, the other thing is, is your friend Alan from Bordeaux gave me a great giggle, as I heard in the background while he was waiting to talk to you, <laughs> because... Back in 1998, before we had any modern smartphones, I can remember one morning waking up in the middle of the Loire Valley outside in a sleeping bag, 
right? Uh, about half five, six a.m. in the morning, and we, uh, I'd gone camping with my wife and kids, but we didn't have any uh, um, Google Maps or anything like that back in those days. Yeah. And I had a basic map of France, and as my friends had said to me who had gone before, listen, ask anyone, they'll tell you, you've seen the signs of the campsites. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> 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 and and then I did have a mobile phone. But I was trying to ring my brother. And like, the phone call wouldn't go through, yeah, you see? Yeah. So luckily, customer services number rang. So there was a, at 6 a.m. in the morning, half in, half out of a sleep bag, sleeping bag, it was like we had here in Cork at the moment. The sun was up, the heat was up, and I was talking to some guy in customer services in, in the tree network. Um, I couldn't figure out why my phone, uh, which was a company phone, couldn't make phone calls in France. What did you, need, what did you need to talk to your brother-in-law about? My, my brother, I needed, brother. To, I needed some advice from him about um, <laughs> a possible route I was thinking about taking. Because <laughs> uh, he'd been around France several times before camping. And um, like that, like, like, like that, of course, as we now know commonly today, plus 353, drop the zero and dial your number. <laughs> right? I didn't know that. Right? <laughs> but the funny thing was, was I, I had an interesting conversation with this guy in customer services <laughs> in Free Network in Dublin, and, and I'd say he was probably you know, ready to go home sick, as the fella said, at, at the thought of me telling him the glorious position I found myself in. And what was even more funny, Neil, was it wasn't one of these high high-end type campsites. It was basically a farm that had a shower block, a toilet block, <laughs> and a couple of fields laid out with these little tiny that's, hedges. That's the way it used right. to be when I was a kid. We'd go camping around Camp and Kenmare and Dingle. They were all just farmers' fields, and if you were lucky, a few breeze blocks set up with some kind of a hose inside the net. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, you can, if you do end up talking to Alan, say thank you to him. He made me morning. Well done, fair play. I've rang him back, actually. He's probably busy at the moment, enjoying the sunshine, what have you. Just regards to that uh, that stabbing, I see some texts on it. It's a disgrace. I was there and in the park, and it was so nice. This is a text from yesterday. It was so nice, and it was scary to see while we were there. The guardie, the ambulance, and detectives. A fire truck. We were all in shock that it was a family event. Thank God my child or me did not see actually what happened on the shaky bridge. Just here, people running all over the place and people telling us what happened. I hope to God the boy is okay and I hope they find who did it. Well, the lad who was stabbed was 14 years old. I have no idea who stabbed him. Let's say, for instance, it's another minor, another person that's underage. What can you do in that case where the law... I mean, if he were to die, I'm sure, and he won't, thank God, he's, he's not going to die. But if there was a death... Uh, then I think there would be, you know, there can even be a prosecution of a minor in that case. But this lad has very serious injuries uh, in hospital, but apparently not life-threatening. So at least that's something. But are parents responsible for the action of their children in the event of something kicking off and they under 18? Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call the Sorry. Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. He says, just to highlight the incident, uh, it didn't happen in Fitzgerald's Park or at the family event yesterday. No, it didn't. The uh, incident happened outside the park. Yeah, the shaky bridge. The victim was very lucky that because of the event, the Mallow SAR, search and rescue team had a boat in the lee at the, t- at the time and responded to the incident and pulled the victim out of the water and onto the boat. Really? 
Really? Did he end up in the water? I, I didn't know that. Uh, onto the boat. The Order of Malta crew on duty in the park responded within seconds and the Mallow SAR team had their landing equipment in the park and they were met by the Order of Malta first aiders there. Within minutes the HSE ambulance as well were on the scene and shortly afterwards the fire crew and the Gardaí. The security team on duty at the event were also brilliant and even though the incident happened outside the park away from the event, they controlled the situation very professionally, making sure the emergency responders could do their job and get access. So a big shout out, Neil, please, to all involved in that young lad's first aid and rescue. Is that the same incident, the stabbing? Um, and that Because it says there the victim was lucky because the search and rescue were on the water, responded to the incident and pulled the victim out of the water and onto the boat. It's quite interesting. Uh, is, are we are we talking about the same incident? Um, was the stabbing as a, as a result of him? Yeah, as a, I mean, as a result of the stabbing, did he fall in the water? Rose, good morning. Maybe you just clarify that because I'm just interested if it's the same one. Rose, can you hear me all right? Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Uh, so yet again, more lawlessness involving... Uh, I, don't, I don't know, certainly don't know how old the person who was carrying the knife, but the lad who was stabbed was 14. But anyway, you know, trouble with, with youths, what do you make of it all? I think you can only teach your children. I have three boys. Um, one is 19, one is 17, and one is 11. Um, I think you can teach them, you can tell them at home, stay out of trouble. Just stay out of trouble. Walk away. If they're hanging around with a crowd that, like gets into trouble, send me a text, I'll collect you, just walk away. Walk away, yeah. 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 If you have an opportunity away. to walk away, if, if there's time yeah. to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, if, you're hang- if they're hanging around with a crowd that, you know, are rough and, you know, they they like to get into a bit of trouble, just tell them, if that ever happens, call me, ring me, send me a text and walk away. Just say, you have to go. Because, like, you don't want your kids' names getting dragged into something that they they weren't involved in or just because they were hanging around with a bad crowd, you know, they mightn't have done anything wrong. But I think you just have to teach them. Like, you you let your kids go out when they're teenagers. You don't know where they're going, what they're up to. The only thing is, like, you can have an open relationship with them where... They can tell you exactly where they're going and then, you know, it's up to you then to whether you believe them or not, you know. Okay, so there's two different aspects to this. Is One is advice to a son or a daughter who find themselves in a confrontational situation to walk away or run away, that there's nothing cowardly about that. It's just keeping yeah. you safe to get away from it. Yeah. What if, what if your son or your daughter actually is the troublemaker, though? And they're 14 or 15 years old or 12 no, or then they'd, 10. They'd be serious consequences. <laughs> they wouldn't be left out again. If you, you were know, to, like but it, that's only are, if you to know about it. You may not even yeah. know. That's they it. Have a, they you have a thug in the family. Tell you, yeah, you, they tell you we're going to this house and we're going to that house and they actually don't. But like, I know I don't laugh when I'm younger. <laughs> Yeah, my mother I was somewhere else. Ah, yeah, but it was but it probably was harmless though. (laughs) Oh, harmless, yeah, harmless. But it's not so harmless these days. It's a lot harder for teenagers these days than it was for like other generations. It's a lot rougher. It's not very safe anymore for them. Like you know, like one smart comment and they could be called out. You know, oh, I meet you for a fight down here, or 
you know, there's like a lot of that going on as well between teenagers calling them out for like a fight over something that happens, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, you can tell them at home, like, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there, don't go here, don't hang so around. So would you, would you be aware of all of your son or your daughter's friends? Yeah. You would. You know who they are, you know yeah. them by name and you know the family I know who name. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know their, like, it's grand, it was grand when they were in national school because you'd meet their parents at the school gate every day. But when they're in secondary school, you don't know their parents, don't know the ch- you don't know their friends, you know, like, I try and tell them, oh, bring your friends over, you know, you can hang out here or whatever. But that's the only way you'll ever get to meet your kids' friends is if you actually know them from coming to your house. But troublemakers can come from well-respected families, you know, they your can. words, not mine. Yeah. yeah, oh, they can, yeah. They can come from well-respected families. And they can come from dysfunctional families. You know, it's just, it's hard to guess. It's hard to, like, guess who's a troublemaker and who's not, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, or they could carrying, be, like, house these angels. days, who's carrying the knife and who isn't? Yeah, exactly. They could be, like, house angels. They could be, like, lovely in your, to your face. And then downtown, they could be getting up to all sorts, like. Yeah, let me get another few texts and comments on the air here. Thanks, Rose. Appreciate taking no the call. Speaking Thank about the incidents in the city, two young girls were assaulted in broad daylight and melancholic by three young men. It was uh, noon on Saturday, and the young guys only ran away when the mother came out. It's absolutely shocking. Uh, there's CCTV footage, and their reg plate has got to be identifiable. That's alarming. Two young girls assaulted and brawl at daylight by three young men. Another one I was out in town on Saturday night has seen a group of teenagers no older than 14 sprinting down the Grand Parade, shouting. One had a claw hammer, the other had blood pouring from his face. What is our city coming to? Can't come on the air at work. Well, that's very interesting. I wonder, is that the same claw hammer? It's certainly on the same day. You say Saturday night. A few hours earlier than that, somebody got hit with a hammer on Nanonagel Bridge. I wonder if that's the same related incident. Just with regards to the shaky bridge. And I just see that text again there because the, one of the texters mentioned water and that's news to me. Where does it say it there? Here it is. Um, that the Mallow Search and Rescue Team had a boat in the Lee and responded to the incident and pulled the victim out of the water and onto the boat. Which is kind of interesting because I thought it was a stabbing on the actual shaky bridge and I'm still open to correction on this but the echo this morning says that um, the incident occurred as the free concert Joy in the Park took place in the adjacent Fitzgerald's Park. There's 5,000 people enjoying the sunshine and entertainment um, and the order of ambulance personnel, Mallow search and rescue volunteers were on duty and, and they came to the aid of the victim until the emergency services arrived. Arrived. The Echo then goes on to say that it's understood that a number of youths had been swimming in the river by the bridge earlier in the afternoon. Was the teenage lad stabbed while swimming? I don't know. They quote a woman who was on the shaky bridge with her teenage son described it as uh, him as a very young teenager being put into an ambulance and taken to hospital. She says, I just thought he looked so young. God love him. It's just a shocking thing to happen. And your heart will go out to the poor young fella and his family. Was the 14-year-old just up there for a swim on a sunny afternoon? 
text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Um, and some texts. It's the parents' responsibility if their children are under 18, always. I'm a single mother. I raised a young girl on my own. I always knew where she was and, more importantly, who she was with. That was my responsibility as a parent. And before the cutting commons come on, I held down a demanding full-time job while raising my child on my own. She never brought one ounce of trouble to my door, was never involved in antisocial behaviour. Children need to learn to have respect towards other people and their property. And that teaching always begins in the home. Yes, the good habits, the bad habits all begin in the home. It's really simple. Invest in communities and antisocial behaviour goes down. Teenagers with nothing to do and nowhere to go will always cause trouble. I don't think it's as simple as that. The kids themselves should be punished. There's no punishment for them because of their age, which is just crazy. If they do something, they should be fined or charged. They just keep getting away with everything. And just another couple, it's not so simple as blaming the parents. I know of families with two or more children, all raised the same way. Now, as adults, some are out causing all kinds of trouble and heartache, heartache where their siblings are the polar opposite. It's just the luck of the draw, or rather the unluck of the draw. What path and what people are drawn to as they grow. Parents can only do so much to encourage their children to follow the right path, but they can't force them on the right path. Teenagers have nothing to do and nowhere to go. They have a lot of energy, and if this energy is not used for sport, recreation, or any sort of work or activities, they then turn to antisocial behavior. And this is really sad. I think there should be more options for free activities for teenagers. So all those that go crazy or misbehave or stab each other or smack people with golf clubs, that's all because they have nothing to do. I'm not so sure about that. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Parents are partly to blame, yes, but the laws around parenting as well. Nowadays, if you even raise your voice to your child, social services can be called and the situation has to be looked into. That's the way it happens legally. It's a minefield when it comes to disciplining your children and that doesn't mean corporal punishment. The way the system is set up now, kids know they can call social services or child line on their parents at any time and they use it as a threat. They also know that if they commit a crime, the punishment is nowhere near enough as a deterrent if they ever reoffend. It's a lot tougher being a parent these days, especially with all the information being thrown at kids from all directions. I imagine it probably is a lot tougher now the generation of parents. Uh, let me run something by people. From the early 90s, I worked as a bar manager for an events company. We did regattas, race courses, horse shows, festivals. Although we had great bar staff, the spine of the operation were the kids, the 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, collecting glasses, getting stock, running for change for the bars. They loved it. They also loved the few bob that gave them a little bit of independence. Then in the early 2000s, the EU decided that asking these kids to do a little work was tantamount to slavery. So they slapped a ban on any youngsters trying to earn a bit of pocket money. From the age of 11, I had a paper round. I'm nearly 60 now and 49 years of work has done me no harm. Yeah, I have to say you are right. A part-time job, earning a few bob, particularly jobs where it's not exploitative and there's decent few bob to be made in a summer job. There was nothing wrong with them whatsoever, even for underage. Uh, Parents should be held responsible for their children. When we were young, we had to entertain ourselves and we daren't get into trouble or bring a guard to the door because if we did, all hell would break loose. Thank you for those and there's lots more. Text 0868104106. To the phone lines, Margaret, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Um, um, Gemma's house. What? Pardon? Go on. You were going to tell me about Gemma's house. Go on. Yeah. Um, it's a, she's only my niece, but her mother had a lot of problems. She's actually in hospital now, her mother. All right. She has cirrhosis in her liver. Adam is fine. And she also has a son who's wheelchair bound. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. And um, her daughter is actually a lone parent living on her own with two children. And her windows were broke through no fault of hers. It was done by Ministry Stamage. The guards were called. They had no reason whatsoever to break our windows. The girl is very quiet. She's living in the house for years. Never had a problem with neighbours or anything. But the City Hall wants 50 euros off every week. Along with her, her payment, she's only on loan parents. And she, she the girl is actually suicidal. Let me just, okay. And I know just... you helped me when my daughter hung herself. Oh, you're, oh yes, Margaret, remember that. Oh no. How, yeah, are, you, how are you bearing up? 12 years now. How are you bearing up? Not to not well. I cry over every day. I know. I know. And every night. I know you do. Miss Ford, she was a young girl, wasn't she? Yeah, I remember that. Is that I 12 years? bring her back. Is that 12 years now? 12 years. My husband died a year before with cancer. I know. I know, as if you hadn't enough to be dealing with when you see other family members now going through tough times. I know, but you see, the reason I'm no. doing this is my sister is too bad. She's actually in a hospital in Dublin now, <sighs> waiting for a liver transplant. So, Gemma... She's torn up cracks of blood and everything. She's very, very ill. Is she very bad? And she can't deal with the situation. And I hope so she Gary gets the transplant. You hear me, Margaret? Birth, I hope she gets the transplant. I really do. I hope so. She doesn't want any money, Neil. This girl, all she wants is a bit of help. Hold on. So, Gemma is just living her life nice and quietly, rearing her... Has she two kids, did you say? Two boys, yeah. And and a fortnight ago, somebody, some group decided to just vandalise her... Just smash her windows, Smash in yeah. her front windows, is it? And her little young fella sitting in the kitchen at the time, only six years old. Well, what Was it rocks they threw at the glass, is it? Rocks, rocks, rocks. And they're at home when this happens. Was it at night? She was the little fellow was in the kitchen. He's only six. Well, where are we talking about? Did you did you say? Lally Gardens, not oh, Mahaney, yeah, seventy-seven. I know, I know. So, how many windows? Oh, the windows in the bedroom and the, and the sitting room one. So glass, ev- so glass. Ev- so when this happened, what did Gemma do? She was hysterical. What could she do? She didn't know what it was about. But she's finding it hard. She can't pay uh, 50 euros every week along with trying to keep our house going and two, two little kids. So one is the... 12 and one is 6. 12 and 6. And, and, and she's, the, she's a lone parent rearing them single-handed. She's a lone parent, Neil. And I wouldn't bring you only for the girl is tearing lumps of her hair out. So tell me this too. now. Did City Hall then send somebody up to, repay, to replace the glass? They did send somebody up and they also sent her a letter. She used to pay 50 euros every week, which she can't afford. But what would happen if she didn't pay the 50 euro? She'd be evicted of her house, I suppose. But should they're, they're the landlord. It's their responsibility. Yeah, but they told her she's the tenant and she's responsible for what happens in her home. And is there any they're insurance on... Is there, is there any insurance on the house? No, no, she's no insurance. She's only renting. Yeah. She couldn't afford house insurance the way things are now, I suppose. No, she could not. And how much money is involved? Did they give her a figure as to how much it costs to replace um, the windows? I didn't, a couple, uh, I'd say about 
Could be about two or three hundred, as far as I know. You don't know the amount, no? No, I don't know the amount, now, to be quite honest. I'd be lying now if I said I did, I don't. So, if some group of gurriers smash people's windows in a Cork City Council house, or a county council house for that matter, they will replace it, but they'll charge the tenant for it. Oh, yes, your tenant is automatically charged. But sure, she wouldn't have 50 euro a week to spare. She don't have it. The girl is only barely put, keeping her head above water. And did she say that to them? She told them, do you know what she said? She was going to go out shoplifting, and if she's caught doing that, she'll go to prison, and her children will have nobody. She's, she's that desperate now yeah. that that's what she's ready to do. Everything has got much more expensive now, but her allowances haven't gone up. So she has to find ways of trying to survive on the amount of money she has. Never mind 50 euro a week. That's it. And the problem of her mother then, being up in hospitals, that uh, she could die underneath this operation. I mean, and, uh, and then she has another son on a wheelchair. I mean, they're a tragic family, like. Wouldn't it? I'm not lying, me. I'm not a liar. No, you're not. And I, I told I everyone how good. You worked me. There's very little that I could do to help a mother who lost her daughter to um, to suicide. So what can I do except listen to you? It's just tragic, you know. No, but can you can you help my niece and me in any way? I wouldn't have minded if city council were to do this very cruel thing and say you pay a fiver a week, but fifty oh, no, euro that don't a week. Work with the council. No, she have it in writing that they want fifty euros every week. For how many and I weeks? even got a man, Ted Tynan, to get on to him and beg to him, and he said, no, she has to pay for the windows. Yeah. How much? So it's 50 a week for how many weeks? I'd say eight, nine, not eight or nine, maybe eight or nine. Eight or nine weeks. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're fixed at least. Pardon? At least the windows are fixed, but that doesn't stop anybody coming back and smashing them again. Oh, that won't happen again because the guards were up there. Their guards are, they're out there watching the house now that it, that it doesn't happen again. Isn't it terrible that they just randomly just smash in? Why would they be picking on a single mother? That's what's going on, that's, that's the youngsters of today. They have no respect. But why pick on her house? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Okay. Maybe one, maybe one of her... Kids had an argument when I was a child and they were from a rough family and the backlash then went to her house. Maybe, but you don't need you don't know that to be the case, do you? I don't know what no, the case is, but maybe. I know the girl was never in trouble in her life. I know, I know. Never. I know. She never had an argument with a neighbour. No, but fifty it's euro a week, yeah. Fifty euro a week it might as well be five hundred euro a week to someone who doesn't have they it. They did it to me, they broke up all my house and my husband died. And I, I'm, I'm in a beautiful, quiet area now. I had to pay the corporation back. Did somebody break in? Somebody broke on my windows in Ballandary Park. Random attack, was it? Ah, everything. What my husband was after working all his life for. My jaws and windows. Everything smashed in my home. And robbed it as well. Oh, they not but only I did that, but they went, they went into the house then and robbed it as well. They robbed it and stood on my dead husband's photographs. I could write a book about them. Were they ever caught, incidentally, Margaret? No, Neil, they were never caught. No, no. They were never caught, but I'm happy where I am now. I don't know. Did you move? Did you move out of there? 
Did you I'm move? happy here. Yeah, I don't want to know where you are now, but you moved out of Ballantyre, did you? Oh, I'm gone out of Ballantyre. Okay. All right, and you're happy and I'm safe. Up I'm where I am now, eight years. All right. Eight happy years, Neil, yeah. eight happy years. Okay, well, look, it's nice to chat with you again. You know, I'm glad to hear that you're going from strength to strength. Let's let's see what the council have to say on Gemma's fifty euro a week. Um, I would don't 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 worry about it. It's not a whole lot of money. We can try our best to get that sorted and see what happens. All right. But the last thing I you want to be doing, so yeah, I know. Just hang in there. The last thing you want to be doing is poor old Gemma trying to find fifty euro because something else I will have to suffer. I thank you so much. All right, girl. I'll be back to you, Margaret. Hang in there. Thanks so much. Cheers. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Call on the hammer attack, lads. We got a call from a listener whose son saw the hammer attack on Saturday uh, evening. That was on Nanonagel Bridge. He said it was two teenage gangs fighting each other. There's about 15 of them in each gang. One had a hammer and the attack was absolutely vicious. His son's 18 rang to be picked up because he didn't feel safe at all. He's around 14 or 15 years old, but was all, it all looked very, it looked, all looked extremely intimidating. Uh, apparently somebody's got a video of that and they're saying that they'll send it on to me. So there you have it again. You got two gangs. He says there was about 15 in each gang and they're aged 14, 15 years old. On the shaky bridge, texter says, listener says, I was sitting right inside the gate near it where it happened uh, with my friend and our kids. The boy who was stabbed was near the riverbank. Yes, he did end up in the water, Neil. Whether he went into it uh, to get away or not, I'm not sure. But the thought of him, but the but they brought him into the boat and then over to the side of the bank, to the side of the park, and they kept him there until the ambulance came. They did fabulous work. If they didn't attend to him, I don't think it would have been as good a result. It was so scary to watch, and I can tell you from what we saw, my eight-year-old is still traumatized. I hope the boy, 14-year-old boy, is okay. So there's some more white eyewitness reports of what happened around the Shaky Bridge yesterday afternoon. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. And people do. Uh, from Friday's programme, um, them bloody hotels, Neil, they're carrying on like they're block layers. <laughs> No disrespect to block layers. That's probably from way back in the day when during the Celtic Tiger when block layers were making a fortune. I don't know if that's the case anymore. The hotels certainly on certainly are. You talk about housing, uh, the crazy Fianna Fáil policy. This is because it's going to cost us billions now to repair, repair and replace and fix up. Apparently, the state's going to have to pay the bill for a lot of it. Uh, the dodgy houses that were built during the Celtic Tiger, Fianna Fáil policy of house building that went belly up. You see, it's still haunting us, says Anthony. But where were all the engineers? that were signing off on all those properties. Never heard of them being brought up for not doing their jobs properly. A lot then on ambulances, because we were talking with that regarding uh, that misfortunate story of the retired Garda who lost his life following a fall on the ramp at Spike uh, and the ambulance call-out time and ambulances being diverted. Concerning the availability of ambulances in Cork, I was near Kinsale Road, South Dock recently, where ambulances are parked up on Monday last. I counted 11 ambulances parked up and they say that there's a shortage of them. Go figure, says Jerry. Um, uh, Bob says a lot of the issues regarding ambulance availability is because of the time wasters and the messers that waste valuable ambulance service time, like for minor road traffic collisions and the amount of drunks they have to pick up. And then somebody who doesn't want to be named, but who is involved in the National Safety Authority says, you have a category system on a scale. You have to have it 
or you'd have ambulances sitting all day because you need about 50 on call all day. So people call for the silliest reasons. So that's why they categorize it, you know, the importance of the call out. A person could be having a cardiac arrest, so it's not an easy job. Uh, the guys and girls doing it, first responders, fire brigade, ambulances, deserve credit for the fantastic job they do in a messed up HSE, where finances are run by people that never put a plaster on a finger. No name, please. I'm involved in the SA. Yeah, yeah, the NSA. Yeah, the, the clipboard, the suit, the clipboard brigade. And this really brings it home to me. My husband is a paramedic and the life that paramedics live is cruel. He works 12-hour shifts, 7 to 7 or 8 to 8. But 80% of the time, he will walk in that door, not at 7 o'clock, not at 8 o'clock, but close to 11 p.m. or even midnight. Not anything close to the time of finish. Some of his colleagues have an hour or more to commute after they finish. Now, bear in mind, should be finishing at 8, not coming home till midnight. Some of them finish at midnight and they have a one, an hour commute, so they mightn't get home till 1 o'clock when their job should have finished at 7 or 8. Also, he is Cork-based, but spends the majority of his time in a different county, even though he's Cork-based. They barely get to eat lunch. Sometimes he will come home with his lunch and eat it at night. He is truly burnt out. If he chooses to not go in on his rostered time in the morning due to being out till midnight the night before, it affects his pension. So they tend to go in on time always, despite getting very little sleep. Our paramedics, Neil, are in absolute crisis and something national needs to be done. We need to make a stand. I'm begging him to leave the ambulance service. It's killing our family and our kids don't see their dad. I tell you now, if I needed an ambulance, I'd drive the person to the hospital myself if it was safe to do so, because I know that ambulance is more likely out of Cork, not available. So glad you're highlighting this, but this needs to go national. From what I've seen, this is an, this is a, uh, an, an appalling career, uh, and the recognition these paramedics get is an insult. Thank you for that. I'd like to hear from more people who are directly involved in the services themselves. I'll never give out your personal details and I will never share them with anybody. You can text 0868104106 if you have a story like that to share and I will never pass on information to anyone, anyone. You can email neil at redfm.ie. So there's that and lots more besides. I'll tell you what I do. Um, I'll just have a quick chat here with David and if I run out of time, I can come back afterwards. David is the uh, very famous echo boy at the at the GPO, great friend of the shows. Uh, and we've spoken to him many times down through the years. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, pal? How are you getting on down there at the, uh, I, at the GPO? I, I'm not too bad. I just... Do my work as usual. Fair I'm getting on with my work like I, okay. like I always believe in. Okay. And what happened? Oh, rec- I, what, I, what happened to you recently, David? Uh, on Tuesday afternoon of last Tuesday, which is the twelfth of August, yeah, July, I flew from uh, London to Cork to come into Cork, but to find that I uh, I lost my luggage and my and my walking friend and I was actually six hours out in the airport but I have to compliment uh, Vincent who's a personnel manager with Aer Lingus or he's the duty manager I don't know he was he was very good they gave me 
meal vouchers and they gave me a taxi home and uh, they gave me um, a replacement walking it. But I I still haven't got my other one back yet. I, but I don't really mind it. Uh, listen, I'm so I glad. Have replacement. I, I know that. you got. A, they're wonderful people at Cork Airport. It is the most beautiful airport with the greatest of staff. Were you coming back from Texas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I might have been talking yeah. to your sister about that. Were you? Do you have family or friends in Texas that you, that you organised to go and see them? Wasn't it? My, my, my sister, my sister Tracy. You, you would have been talking That's to, right. and our husband Jason. So somewhere between Houston and Cork, all your luggage got lost, and you're walking aid. Yeah, yeah. And any yeah. idea where it is since then? Has anything turned up? Um, no. But I don't, I got, sorry, correction, Neil. I got my, I got my kids back oh, on did. the next, um, yeah. Yeah. available flight from Heathrow, which was the, um, 6.30 from Heathrow to Cork. It came in, but the no, no, no walking frame. Isn't it amazing how they're losing no. so much stuff belong to but people? They, well, Yeah. And who get? Where was it? Where is, did, but I mean, did Cork Airport organise for Feelings Pharmacy on the Kinsale Road to give you a brand new walking aid? I don't know, but I got a phone call that there is um, a new walk waiting out in Feelings. That's a lot. And again, for that, I thank Vincent uh, of Cork Airport. That's a beautiful touch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy Texas, yeah. tell me, or did you find it very hot? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, I enjoyed it, but it's very... The only thing about Texas, it's very warm over it's there. It's very hot there, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I yeah. heard that somebody's wheelchair worth thousands of euro got lost as well. So, well, yeah, I, I won't comment on that one, but yes, it did happen on the... The uh, Amsterdam oh, the flight Amsterdam. from Amsterdam to Park on, on just on the Monday. It, if if your mobility turns up, if your walker turns up, you'll have two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll have a spare. How are you finding the heat down at the yeah. GPO with the echoes and the examiners? You bear. I'm 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 used to it. <laughs> are you used to it? I'm used to it. You're drinking a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. Well listen, look after yourself and make sure you're wearing sunscreen and well done to Cork Airport, it's a lovely touch I will, yeah Take care of yourself Dave, we'll talk to you soon, alright? Alright Cheers, bye bye. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 4 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show uh, Just talking about heat and things to do It's just wonderful because if you're in a mobile home and you're listening to me down maybe uh, around uh, Clay Castle or you're down say in the greater Yall area in a mobile home imagine if it was raining now and you're day after day after day of rain um, and you're trying to fill the kids' days 
with rain outside. When the sun is shining, of course, the whole world is their oyster. Uh, and with that in mind, we have some wonderful family passes to give away. We gave a whole load of them away last week and gave away some this morning to, to Timmy, who saved the boy's life, who was drowning yesterday. Um, we have family passes for a lot of locations across the city and county. And thank you to the councils and the Explore Cork app. Uh, you need to check out that app if you want to find some wonderful places to go. It's a one-stop shop for tourism. Uh, and you can take yourself away to some wonderful experiences that I have passes for. And I'll read out the list of them again a little later on this morning. So share your holiday stories for that. Text 0868104106. Um, and we'll open the phone lines as well just before midday with more family passes uh, to give away. I was talking about... Um, oh, and just, you know, it's very interesting. Thank you so much to Robert and Mallow, who sent me a screen grab that's very relevant. You talk about your children being very well behaved in the home and then they go out and they meet their pals and you don't know what they turn into. You know, you may think that they're really perfectly reared, but unfortunately that isn't always the case. And it reminded him of a television ad, an ad on telly years ago, uh, warning uh, people to keep their dogs under control. And you might be saying, why are you comparing dogs with our children? Well, the reason is the ad, the telly ad, it was like a cartoon ad. It was called Bonzo Wants to Go Out. It was an ad originally broadcast in 1984 and it showed someone letting out their sweet family pet, says Robert. They were letting out their sweet family pet. But once their sweet, sweet family pet went out and met up with other dogs in the area, the sweet family pet turned into a wild animal, killing sheep. Robert says the same is true with young people, or at least I should say some of them, as the parents don't know what they get up to with their friends or the company they keep. And that was a TV ad broadcast back in 1984. Uh, on a more lighthearted note, I mentioned earlier on about uh, if you want to beat the heat when you're going to bed at night, particularly rub onions onto your skin. Uh, this uh, doctor also said um, this isn't the year or the summer or the heat that should make you want to fire up the barbecue. It's not because, I mean, he's a real killjoy. It's not because um, you're standing there, whoever's on barbecue duty, and you're literally baking Uh, and boiling and melting. It's to do really with the amount of time it takes your body to process red meat or cheese or burgers or sausages. I mean, get over it. Like, that's just what you barbecue. Went out and bought a load of barbecue meat from McCarthy's Butchers and Hawks Road, brought it home and took a photograph of it. It's like the amazing, the response to it on my Instagram page. People just love good happy stories and a photograph of a barbecue just does it. So this doctor is suggesting instead of the meat, right, why don't you try cooking healthier options like sweet corn, sweet potatoes or cauliflower. Imagine you were invited round to a buddy's house or a big get-together barbecue and up on the barbecue grill was sweet corn or sweet potatoes or cauliflower. (laughs) be disappointed to say the least livid probably where's the big foot long sausage gone or the quarter pounder or the ribeye steak another one that they're saying with regards to the heat heat is to gargle with toothpaste seriously apparently the menthol in the toothpaste uh, makes you feel cooler in hot weather um chill your makeup i told you that already put it put your bag into a kind of a chill bag whatever the case may be all your makeup and put it into uh, the um, into the fridge overnight. Apparently, it's very refreshing to put on makeup out of the fridge or the freezer. Um, roll your tongue. Apparently, this actually is a yoga technique. Apparently, they also do it in meditation. Roll tongue rolling. 
Um, it's like air conditioning for the head and the neck, apparently. <laughs> this is what they say. I'm just passing them on. Spray yourself with green tea. You don't need uh, expensive facial mists. Uh, just stew a green tea bag in lukewarm water for a few minutes. Put it into a spray bottle and spritz away at your face all day with cold green tea. I already told you about, if you don't have air conditioning, that you should uh, soak the ends of your curtains, as long as they're washable, I suppose, in cold water. Then throw open the windows, draw the curtains closed, and you will notice that the temperature will drop. Mind you, if you close all doors and windows, you're bound to be cooler indoors than inviting all this warm air in. So there's just a few. I'm sure there's other ones. Um, I've already mentioned the best of them. So if you have any other tips or heat regarding the heat or tips to share with us regarding the heat, then text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. And let's stay with the great weather and all of the consequences of everybody trying to get to the beach and enjoy the sun and get there, whether it's in the car with the kids and everything packed into the boot, or if you're lucky enough, as Kevin is, to have their own uh, camper van. You guys are clogging up all the beaches now, and I have to get have to take a task on this. You're taking up all the car spaces, you're parking overnight, and you're enjoying the summer, but you um, need to park somewhere else, please. Where do you want us to park then? Uh, maybe a field. <laughs> or maybe a, maybe a half. But sure, the poor farmers then would have nowhere. Maybe half a mile from the beach where people are trying to get there. With the, are you are you parking up in car, are you parking up in the car park? So there's there's actually a, a real shortage of caravan sites around Ireland. So a lot of kind of free wild camping is kind of your only way to get in. Like I went to go camping last week. I rang pretty much every single campsite west of Clon on Tuesday. And they were all booked out. And a lot well, of them were saying, we're booked out all summer. There is nowhere for you to go. Because they're full of mobile homes. Yes. And in, in, within those parks then, is there supposed to be uh, some areas set aside for camper vans? Some of them do, but a lot of them now are literally taking camper vans. They are booked out all summer because you see during the pandemic, when we couldn't go away, people were buying camper vans. There's way more on the road than there were before. Right. And now there's nowhere for them all to go. Okay. So we would have had, you know, we would have before... Pre-pandemic, we'd have, we would have had enough camper, camper van sites to get around for everyone. Whereas now there's so many more people on the road of caravans, there's all those spots are being booked So out. when you say we need more caravan sites, you're not mm. talking about mobile homes or caravans. You're saying sites for mobile, for, for camper vans. For camper vans or tenting or camping for people to... So like in a Nobody van, has a problem with somebody in a tent on a sand dune though on the beach. That Surely that's okay. But it's the camper vans parking up and clogging up traffic. Well, so our camper van, for example, uh, it depends on how you park it. Like, uh, we were down in Warren Strand on Sunday. We were, we parked on the side. We tucked in nice and tight. You know, there was no, loads of people were able to get past us. Absolutely no problem at all. Now, I noticed some areas uh, where there's literally line-to-line camper vans. Um, I suppose... There are in the car park? In car parks or in, like, for example, Kenmare Pier is where we were last week and that was literally back-to-back-to-back camper And parks. do you ever get any grief from people coming along in a motor car then? Not really. Like, I always push in as much as I can. If I'm parking in a car park, I'll always make sure I'm staying very much within the lines. Or we normally park way down the back of a car park so we're way out of anybody's way. So I like to think I'm a, uh, you know, uh, an appreciative well, camper fan. Well, you then you know? if you are. I mean, but do you observe others who aren't? 
not I suppose I I have observed I can understand why when you see back to back to back camper vans it's frustrating but I mean if you saw back to back to back cars what's the difference the only thing is big that camp- difference well size for instance yeah but I mean cars you know cars carry less pe- or well, not so much carry less people but like in my camper van I can drive I have everything in the camper van I'm totally self-sufficient within the van like surely that's more environmentally friendly than driving to a car and <laughs> then going to a homework. hotel you have your homework done for me <laughs> But the camper vans that we hear about then that claim that people claim are clogging everything up, mm. do they stay overnight for a few days? Is it that depends. where it becomes a problem then? So I suppose some areas allow for it and some areas don't. So when you when you go to a place normally there are signs up saying no camper vans allowed or no caravans allowed. Which like that's absolutely totally fine. I mean if I pulled up to somewhere but like what I have, I have an app on my phone that lists out all the sites that are welcoming for caravans and camper vans, particularly like there'll be some roadside places that will actually have electrical hookup, for example or we'll have somebody to clear out your toilet or that kind of stuff um, so if you can't get a, a caravan site at least you're going to somewhere where they're at least welcomed or accepted yeah. so I find that that app is so we're not geared brilliant. up so really to the amount of camper vans that are out there are, are, they, are, there sh- are there shortage of them even from the point of view trying uh, to buy oh, one oh definitely like the price of them are gone up like I mean we're lucky in the sense that like we're kind of it's not our camper van we're just we're allowed you to saw, use somebody yeah, else's yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is which but is great but if a fellow wanted to buy a second hand one now for instance would there be short supply so like our one is 2004 that probably would go for 25k um, even even that old the new ones are 80 if you want the nice one even the vans the converted vans are like 50 or 60 but I suppose the thing is Neil like, I but mean, can you get them you can, 25 you grand. can get them you can get them second you hand. get them online done deal but it's they're they're like they're just the price of them has gone mad really compared compared to what they were pre pandemic yeah because you know I mean? it's all about supply and demand less exactly. the harder they'll be but it, it's a great life isn't it uh, it's just and like I I would have gone on holidays we would have gotten the taken the ferry over to France we would have driven in a car to go with a key camper with a canvas or whatever and a mobile home but to be able to I mean I always say one of my favourite things about it is being able to travel with a fridge at all times <laughs> you know you can be driving and just be like I'm gasping for a bottle of water and then say you know to my, my girlfriend do you can you mind taking that out of the fridge and she literally brand new fully cold bottle of water or like you know um, you can go to the beach you have a place to get changed you can have a quick shower if you need to you come out fresh you know if you want to throw on a cup of tea there's a gas it's just brilliant I've taken to it like a duck I've never done it before It's this is my first year doing it and I've taken it and to where it have like you been? so uh, we haven't been out in it as much as we would like uh, just because the camper van got taken out quite late and then the weather has been kind of pretty poor so uh, we went to Tremor we've been our first trip was down to um, our first trip was down to um, Castle Gregory where my first ever attempt at cleaning the chemical toilet I took the chemical toilet out I went to clean it down I forgot to lock the top so I watched as the cover of the chemical toilet went bounce 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 drop into the septic tank and I had a choice whether I wanted oh, to go in with it man, man. So, what did you do? we bought a new chemical toilet just you didn't stick your hand in. I just couldn't I couldn't it was this huge van I would have you had to have gone it. I would have had to have gone shoulder People deep went to, young fellas went to war first world war yeah. 15 you won't stick your hand in to get a top on a chemical toilet yeah. 
it's the life of the new generation, isn't it? I'm telling you, the you smell would, uh, snowflakes would, make me laugh. If you're boy. talking about warfare, that was chemical warfare. The smell that came out of that. That's thing the only it. downside. So is it the chemical toilet? I, it's actually, you know, it's just. It, I suppose it's like anything. You know, it's a very different way of living. You kind of you learn your tips and tricks uh, as you go along. Got or off like it already. You forget. You like you'll forget to lock a door, and all of a sudden, whatever was in the, you know, you take a corner a bit too fast, and all of a sudden, whatever was in it just comes straight. Out but like, if you were in one of those now, and not not no different, I suppose. Like, do mobile homes? Do they have air conditioning? Uh, I imagine the new ones do. Would like they? this one wouldn't. And we were only talking yesterday about like if we were to buy one ourselves, then air conditioning would be kind of top of the list because like it's basically based. Our one is based on a Fiat Ducato van, so it's essentially a Fiat Ducato van that's been. Uh, built on by uh, this crowd Adriatic yeah, they're called yeah. and they build they almost build like a custom box. job yeah it's like well they, they they basically take the chassis and the engine and everything out of the front of a Ducato van lob the van bit off and then attach essentially what is a camera would you van. not go stir crazy if you were in it for a lengthy period of time with one other person or two other people would you not get on each other's nerves in close proximity well, we don't yes <laughs> we've, we haven't done any like serious amount of time in it we've generally done to do one or two nights which we can which we can hack each other building up to a long weekend yeah and exactly then to a week. yeah yeah no I mean like I suppose the thing is like I did a lot of travelling like I did a very long travel for about nine months and I was backpacking doing trains and planes and all kinds and I would say the camper van is a lot more comfortable than trying to get a you know a third class train to get across India to sleep in a hostel I know to, you know. I know but even, I know but even back here you 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 don't have the high hotel costs anymore well that's the thing or like, the B&Bs are having to be out by 10 in the morning you mm. can come and go you got your heart your house is on your back well we were we were talking about it like I think we filled so it's a 60 liter tank so it's it's diesel it's 2.8 diesel it's pretty Hot, you know, big. but it, but it's not it, it's not uneconomical. I would say it just it because it's carrying around a big weight, um, and we were taking it up some roads that potentially weren't necessarily built for camper vans. Yeah, we ended up taking the camp, the the Castelverde Atlas Road, which was an interesting experience in a camper van. But oh no, that's very narrow <laughs> and tight. Was a, it was a bit more narrow than memory remembered. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> but it's like you can't reverse. You can't reverse it. It's like the guy no. who got caught in the big Arctic on uh, was it the Healy Pass or the Connor Pass? <laughs> Right, you can't go to anywhere. reverse all the way in an Arctic. Yeah, but maneuvering it, the only thing about this van was that it was bought in Europe, so the wheel is on the left. So oh, you're, you're actually on the. Are you really? You're driving on. Like, you're driving on, in the on ditch. the wrong side of the road, so you're sticking into the ditch. Yes. How is that working out for you? It's grand. I haven't managed to crash it yet. Touch. You know. Oh my God, that's <laughs> incredible. Um, Texter so. here says, no matter what you say, camper vans hog the best views. You're sel- you're a selfish bunch, apparently. But apparently so. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not speaking you don't on behalf your, of you all. You don't share your barbecues on <laughs> the side of the canopy with people. I would say the only thing the only thing I would say is if that texter wanted to join the the caravanning club or ever decide. Oh, to there's camp, a club. We are a very old. We there's a wave. There's a wave Every, with a committee you, and a chairperson <laughs> and a treasurer. <laughs> Through the chair, sir. Yeah, yeah, please, oh. if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went on Zoom there for I'd a while. I never want a camper van if I had to join a committee. No, 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 no. But I'd just say that, like, the, the, the if you go to a campsite, it's real, it's just a real friendly, like, everyone chats away to each other. It's very, like, just kids kind of running everywhere. It's very friendly, safe kind of environments. Three nights, like, we, we stayed up in Drimmer League at a place called Top of the Rock, which, just very quickly, not to give him a huge shout-out, but it was a lovely site with animals running around, and the kids were loads for the kids, and, like, it's just nice when we talk about the stress of holidaying and the stress of flying and everything else. It's nice to just get in your 
van, essentially. You can essentially do it at the same speed as most cars. I would pull in. I would be one of those that if I had oh, a line behind me, I'd pull in. That is, because I have been Come that car. across a German camper van or a Swiss one, a Scandinavian, they're doing 40 kilometers, yeah. not knowing where they are. They haven't a clue in the world. And we're all behind them, 40, 50 And that is the one thing that... Go back to Germany! <laughs> And I would say like that is the first thing when I started driving it. I was because thankfully this van has a rear facing camera. So the minute I saw two or three cars, I was like, no, I'm just pulling. That's your perfect. You're a boy scout. I I know. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong. No, you're not the responsibility of. You're not responsible for any of the grief that people are getting. But I would say like about the views. I mean, there are there are only a limited amount of places where you can actually pull in off the road, and those generally tend to be viewpoints. So are you shop up? Then you you stock up at the big shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in the sausages and rashers and out in the and fry up in the morning. Where's the next trip? Um, we're going next week. We haven't decided where we're going. We don't need to decide until we literally hit the road. That's the beauty of it. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. In the short term, I think all of us should take half days and work remotely for the afternoons for this week, really mm. and truly. Because you don't know how long this is going to last. Mm. Don't well, you think? Th- th- yeah, wait. If you want us to head away early, the Neil, we I, will I th- take I think, the I think if it's at all possible, <laughs> I think we should get out of here by, by one o'clock and just, you know... Because I'm, this is going to pass. I feel privileged to be working in a place where my boss Ooh. is telling everyone to go home at one o'clock. <laughs> I'm not a boss. Don't call to me as a boss. How are we doing on the 99s? Do you come across the 17-incher? Yeah, we have a caller there. I'm not sure if Claire might be getting on it, but uh, we have a call from Turnbull, I think, Turnable Ices, um, 17 inches. He said he went around the cone 14 and a half times. Uh, well, if you can prove it with a photograph, then we can claim the record for Mead. Yes. We can take it back on Leeside. Absolutely. They need to sell that 17-incher to make it official, though. Oh, well, well what was the Mead's crowd selling? 500 a day, was they it? They were selling 500, yeah. That's I mean, a, that's, it's a, you can actually buy a foot long, so and he like, needs to sell that 17-incher. And we are the county of people who love saying the Cork is the best. So if you were if you were to have the Cork's big, the Cork's ice cream being the biggest in the country, I guarantee you, you will sell more than 500 just so that Cork people can put it up on their social media and say, <laughs> my Cork ice cream buy. I love it, I love it. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'll let you get back. Appreciate it. Um, that's life on the road in a camper van. Fierce independence, really and truly. It's a wonderful thing. I remember doing it once for a fortnight down uh, the west coast of France and up in through the Loire Valley and into Paris. Paris is a bit of a nightmare in a camper van, but the rest of it was great. But I could have been stuck on a jet ski like Del Boy was. We started out this morning talking about jet skis on the Lee and down in Cork Harbour. It reminded me of uh, Del Boy. Do you remember that where he got onto a jet ski and the rest is history? This is a section from that war. I think it was one, actually, I think it might have been one of the movie versions. I think it was a, a long, uh, a long episode when they did, I think they were multi-millionaires and for some reason ended up in, in Miami, I think. Then Jet, then uh, Del Boy thought it might be a good idea to get up on a jet ski. Guys, well, you wait evenly. This is your start button and this is the throttle. All right? Just remember, the faster you go, the easier it is to stay on. Way to go, fellas. Yeah, Look at that baby go! Did he say something then? I didn't hear a thing, Rodney. Himself. Well, yeah, I know, I'm just saying. 
it's going the long way out. He certainly surprised me. Why is that? We can't even swim. But I thought he said he had a certificate for swimming. Oh, yeah, he has. But he ain't his. A large 99. Summer's there and the weather's fine. A trip to the beach and a 99. There's nothing more Irish on the way back home to stop at Centra for a 99 cone. Some are small, some are quite tall. Just ask the assistant, it's always your call. Some would say I'm like a dog with a bone. More often than not, I'm holding a cone. If you don't eat that flake, you think you will burst. But have a good lick of the ice cream first. From West Cork to East Cork, the choice is amazing. At the side of the road, while watching cows grazing. Drive to Clannacilty, then on to Skibbereen. The beaches are gorgeous, the 99s are supreme. Over to Barley Cove, and then the Mizzenhead. Instead of a coffee, have a 99 instead. Over to East Cork, to the beach at Garibaud, where the ice cream machine is always set to flow. Move on to Killa, for a coffee to go, then on to y'all, the star of the show. When the sun is shining, y'all is divine. No better place for a large 99. When you're feeling full, don't sit and talk. Head out on the boardwalk for a nice brisk walk. Pack up the car, it's time to head home. Stop off in Castle Martyr for a nice cream cone. After a long old day, at last it's bedtime. I wish you sweet dreams of a large 99. <laughs> well done, Tony Tobin. He delivered on his promise on Friday and sent me his poem about 99s. He's had more 99s than you guys have had hot dinners and me as well. So well done, Tony. That was a joy to listen to. I mean, there's an awful lot of 99s consumed in any one day. You know, you're talking about 99s and uh, the beauty of, say, the beach. I saw coming through McCroom yesterday, a wonderful sight. There was a dad and his three children and they were walking down along the main street. Small kids now and the dad with them and each of them, the four of them all had their own ice cream cones. It was fabulous to see. There wasn't a word spoken amongst them. They were just all concentrating on the job at hand. It looked absolutely fabulous to watch. A dad and his three kids all with glorious 99s and part of Tony there spoke, part of his poem actually spoke of the beauty of a a 99 down y'all way. John, good morning. Good morning, I hear tell that you have uh, a caravan down in y'all. Where are you exactly? I'm just down behind the uh, back of Canseys. Oh, fantastic. What a great spot. And are you there year in, year out? Is it always there? I go there every year, I do. I, uh, I left out this morning. I'm just uh, coming back after coming back home. Oh, you, so you go down at the weekends and come up to work? No, I don't work at all, no. Um, I just go down for a break here yeah, uh, over health problems. Like, all right, is it your, are you down in the caravan on your own then? No, myself, my wife. Oh, lovely. So you enjoying the weather? Oh, beautiful weather, Neil. Beautiful. Gorgeous, I'd say. Very hot day ahead today. Are you down there today or have you come back up? I came back up, back up today. I was down there for 11 days and it was so relaxing. It was beautiful altogether. And is it busy down there, John? One of the girls this morning said it doesn't seem as busy as other years. No, one that is that busy, no. Why do you think that is? 
I don't know. I say they were afraid to come out over the heat, I say, or something. You know what I mean? If they're children. Maybe so, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe more people are overseas on holidays or what have you. And did you go down there year in, year out? Have you been there for a long time? I go down, I'm after going on the past two years now when I stay down there. And I guess no problem for no one. And the girls be passing up and down every couple of hours. And everyone would chat to you. You'll meet some very nice people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was sitting on the bench there uh, three weeks ago down there. And I was looking at sinkholes opening up about 20 feet out and they'll open up at 6 feet circular sinkholes yes on the water on the water oh my god that's a danger people need to be aware of that so you're not in any of the mobile home parks you just park up the caravan yes park up the caravan and put out flowers and make a home from home (laughs) do you really and nobody interferes with you no one interferes. The councilman come up talking to us and we clean up the place and brushes up every evening. Ah, lovely. Yeah. Yes, the fry up every morning. Do you really? Do you have the full Irish every morning in the pan? Oh, every morning has the fry up and then we go for a walk up to Promenade there and back down and have no sandwich later on and <laughs> sit out in again for a couple of hours and have the dinner about seven o'clock. And you cook everything in the caravan, you do? Everything is cooked in the caravan. You can't beat the new spuds with the, with, 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 with the, the, the skin on it. I had them again at the weekend. They're glorious, aren't they? All oh, the battered fish now and the mushy peas <laughs> and, and, and spuds, you can't beat any. <laughs> when are you heading back down again, John? I say it'll be another two weeks now again, Neil. You know what I mean? Oh, so you brought the caravan back up and everything? Yes, I drive up into my driveway there now and park it up. And what are you doing, man? You're leaving the beautiful weather of you all behind. Why did you come back? I have uh, hospital appointments and dental appointments uh, because I had them um, open heart surgery two oh, years ago. Oh, it has to be done. It has to and be I done. Two new, two new hips and a new leg from the knee down and everything else, you know what I mean? You're like the bionic man. <laughs> yeah, so I had to come back with get some see doctors and stuff there. I know, I know. Get your back, get yourself back down to y'all as soon as possible. Do you hear me? But there's some beautiful people. You meet some beautiful people down there. Yeah, everyone's always in better form in the sunshine, aren't they? Yes, but you see no black um, you see no one drunk falling around, no nothing at all. Very respectable area. Very respectable. Love it down there. Absolutely love it. Ah, we have beautiful beaches and great places. Lovely chatting with you. Regards to yourself and the wife. Good luck with the hospital appointments and thanks for sharing. Good luck. Thank good you very much, Dave. Take care of yourself. All the best. Yeah, Lovely right. story. Okay, um, we have an awful lot of beaches, of course, and an awful lot of them are very fit and able for, uh, for, for, for swimming, but you need to follow the advice of the lifeguards, whatever you do. Text 0868104106. Just staying with the topic of 99s. And all this started on Friday when a shop above in County Meath claimed the prize uh, for the biggest, tallest. What was it called again? I can't remember the name of the thing. It was a super duper something or other. And there were the big boy, I think it was called. Well done, Kevin, the big boy. It's a foot tall. And I was saying, I've seen, I've seen ice creams taller than a foot on Lee side year in, year out. I think the difference is with the big boy is they actually sell it. In the, in the actual shop itself. And they're selling about four or five hundred of them a day. So I'm encouraging people to try and beat the big boy by going taller than a foot. And then it was sent a wonderful, I've, I think it's a video, but I've got a screenshot of it from, I think it's Tony Bell Isis. Um, ah, yeah, here's the video of it being made now. Around and around and around it goes. There's no foundation or struts down the middle of this one, but yet it does not move. It does not fall. It stays proudly on top of the cone. Let me find out how tall it actually is. Alfred, good morning. Morning, Neil. Did you pull that beauty? 
I did. All I did, right. Did. Okay. How many swirls are on it? How many times did you turn it on the cone? I think about 14 or 15 and a half. Go away. And, yeah. and uh, how tall is it? I think about 15, 16 inches. Did you sell it? No, that, my young woman wanted to go on TikTok and uh, look, I just had to have a go, you know. <laughs> so well, she, fifth... she brought my hat. <laughs> oh, is that, was that your first attempt or did you have a few disasters? No, that was my first one. Um, but I just done another one while I go for a lad here in the dock beach, Kingsdale. Right. So <laughs> he didn't want that. He wouldn't either, he said. <laughs> did, you, did you sell him a 15-incher? No, no, no. You, got, you just gave it to him? Yeah, but he wouldn't take it. <laughs> what if you sold them a foot high? Would you? Would they buy them? No, no. Too big for anybody, I think. Would you think it'd be you too know? much? Yeah, way too much. Wouldn't be too much um, for me. <laughs> but, what? Um, so what did you do with the 15-incher after you pulled it? I turned it in the bucket. <laughs> oh, for God's <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't put it back in, no. Okay, you know? okay. So is it busy down in the dock? It's busy, yeah. Customer at the window here now. Oh, really? Am I yeah. interrupting? She might say hello. Will you say hello to Will you say hello to Neil Pendeville? <laughs> Neil Pendeville. <laughs> Will you give her a free ice cream? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Who's that? I don't know, but you're not in Pendeville anyway. Oh, say. well, I thought I was last time I checked. Listen, you, you need to get Alfred to give you a free ice cream because you're live on radio now, all right? So under no oh my God, okay, okay. How many are you? How many are you buying for? Uh, I can actually hear your voice now. I do. I know it is the friend. <laughs> I'm mortified now. Mortified. <laughs> would you be able to? Would you be able to take a fifteen incher? Would I be able to what? A fifteen. Oh a yes, 15. I remember. That's what I saw. That on his yes. If I got um, it. He's making one for me now. You should just see the size. Would, <laughs> would you be able to consume that 15 inches of ice cream, do you think? I wouldn't think so, Neil. No, I definitely wouldn't think so. Are you oh, on your own? <laughs> uh, yes, he's making it. You wouldn't. Oh, my God. Oh, oh Jesus, I wouldn't be able to hold that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Oh. I, <laughs> There's double meaning in everything we're saying here, lads, and that's just my stupid mind. Have you have you kids with you that you could share the fifteen incher with? Yeah, I, I will. I'll share that. I'll actually share that now. Oh, look! If you if you could take a picture of that now, he's going to take the phone. Alfred, oh, take a photograph of that and send it to me. <laughs> are you down on your halls or are you local? She's gone. The shock. She's gone, Alfred. <laughs> Neil. Is she gone? Did she collapse? She's gone. She's gone. I had to put another cone in top to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I send people over to you at Tony Bell's Ices at the dock, you will sell them at least a foot long, will you? Yeah, first time people can have them for free, Neil. Ah, you're unbelievable. <laughs> Fair play to you. The best of ice creams at Tony no. Bell's. I'll let you get back to it. You'll have a busy day ahead. Well done. A busy day ahead. Thanks, uh, Neil. Thanks cheer. very much. Take care. All right, you can take The story. Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Yes, I'll be on the phone lines just before midday today. It's your opportunity to pick up some of our family passes for some super-duper tourist attractions. Again, can I remind you, without sounding like a broken record, that there is a great app it's called Explore Cork app and you can get full details on every single tourist attraction across the city suburbs and county 
the Explore Cork app. It's a super app and I have lots of passes for many, many different locations across the county that you can win uh, just this side of midday for yourself and the family. When I talk about a family pass, usually we're talking about two adults, two children and adults, three children, that kind of thing. But we're not really written in stone with that, so the phone lines will open in about uh, seven or eight minutes' time. Just finally, uh, to finish this morning, we have some very special guests on Side today who have travelled all the way from different parts of America. They are members of the Navajo Indian Nations. Um, imagine now that the terminology used now to describe uh, uh, Indigenous Native Americans has very much changed. But way, way back in the day, uh, during the famine, I was reading a, mar- a marvellous article in The Examiner, which I dug out from around about 2015, when a beautiful piece of art, gorgeous, massive sculpture of uh, eagle feathers uh, was installed down in Middleton. Now, the backstory to that, in fact, rather than me going through it, I'm joined by members of the different uh, communities that have travelled to Middleton and will be in Middleton today, and I'll chat with them in one or two seconds. But John Doyle's an Irishman himself, historian who knows much about what happened back in the times of of the famine. Uh, John, what what happened back then? We were going through the horrors of famine and some would say genocide back in the day. Yeah. And then uh, the Indian nations gave us and sent us money. It, it was simply an extraordinary act of generosity at the end of the trade. How much? Well, I think the average to collect was about $170, but was was astonishing about it was it embarrassed Queen um, Queen Victoria herself to give the princely sum of a shilling to Irish famine relief. I was reading these it, people yeah. had nothing. Yeah, and I, everything I, had been taken from them. Well, could, I, 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 think I think it worked out equivalent to a million dollars in today's money. No, well, it actually it actually works out to the equivalent of six thousand one hundred and forty three dollars. Was that it? Because it said in the exam room, but then again, that's that's uh, yeah. Old you article. sort of have to do well. That's today's quote. Today's quote is. That $170 in those days, in, in this money today, was worth $6,143.03. Okay. 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 Thank you for jumping in. Introduce yourselves, guys. My name is Joan Henry in English. It's much easier to say than my traditional name. I am Chalagi Nde Arawaka. And Chalagi and Choctaw are the people who did the giving. And who's with you? And with me, ladies. Uh, my name is Shandine Herrera and I am a proud member of the Navajo Nation. Wow, that's incredible to have you in Cork. Where do you live? So I currently reside in Monument Valley, Utah, which is on the Navajo Nation. So the Navajo Nation um, spans across three states in the United States. So our land goes into New Mexico, Utah, and Arizona. So we're in the Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Are you both together? Are you two different nations? Two entirely different nations. Choctaw Nation gave up their land, signed away their land in 1906 and into 1907 and was promptly moved on the Trail of Tears which preceded the big trail of tears that everybody knows about by of Chalagi people in the in 38 1938 and 30, and 39 it was a huge trek of thousands of people died and many lost their lives many 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 lost their lives so it was from that framework that they already were settling into a new place that was a completely different environment in which they could not eat and live or raise any of their crops and they heard about what was happening in Ireland. And having the money... 1830s, them, 1840s, and then we moved into the famine, of course, of course, the 40s. And that's 50s. right. So and, people, you, and, your, and your nation knew of this? 
we did, we heard, and the Choctaw Nation actually, they raised that $170 they raised. Nobody really knows how it got done because nobody had it to give. But what we did know is that there is a long-standing philosophy of giving and sharing and helping. That is traditional to our people. If somebody's in trouble, you help them out. And when they heard about that, that's what they came. And you have to remember, they weren't flying across the water, eh? Yeah. They yeah. came with food and $170 in those days. They came across the waters. And that's why the sculpture is shaped like a bowl of food. That's what those eagle feathers represent. Yes, they're eagle feathers in the shape of a bowl. So that, that money, did, did your nations turn it into grain or Indian maize? Or, or did you send cash? Which no, was they it? brought cash. We did, they brought cash and food. Wow. And then that cash then was used to buy Indian maize or meal. It was used. It was used to feed feed Ireland is what it was used to do. And in the in the typical what I find a common and very and very inspiring connection between the the indigenous of Ireland and the indigenous of our countries is that that memory that long memory for what is done that long memory for helping people out. It turned itself around, and the Irish responded at the time, mm. at the time of COVID, which... Shandine, did we really? What yeah, did we do? Well, ask Shandine about that. <laughs> what did we do? Right. So, um, you know, early March of 2020, um, 12 other Indigenous women and myself co-founded the Navajo and Hopi Families COVID-19 Relief Fund. And this was our response to, you know, the pandemic spreading onto our nation. And we knew that, um, you know, historically, Navajo Nation is a matrilineal society. So as women, we want to what? Sorry? matrilineal society. What's that? Um, so, you know, women were the leaders. Women were at the forefront making decisions to protect our community. And so it was natural for women to step forward during this pandemic. And so in March of 2020, we created the Navajo and Hopi Families COVID-19 Relief Fund. Um, and through this crowdfunding source, we're able to uh, use these resources to protect families on the Navajo Nation and Hopi Reservation through food distributions, PPE distributions, hauling and did wood, we help you with that? Water. Did we fund it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, in May of 2020, we started noticing as we're going through comments on our, our, our GoFundMe page, all of these donations coming in from Ireland. Um, and it was incredible to see the supporting comments. And so, um, you know... We kind I of think went that's through some numbers, yeah, and it's we, we've rounded the circle, yeah. haven't we? So actually, isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's incredible. Going through some data, um, you know, the total number of Irish donations made is twenty nine thousand six hundred and sixty. That's over twenty nine thousand individuals People. from Ireland who donated to our GoFundMe, and that amount is over one million dollars. So, oh, for God's sake! That's yeah, so we saw one million dollars come into our GoFundMe, um, and we were able to use these funds to, you know, turn around and protect immunocompromised elders. Families. And were you able to make the connection with the eighteen forties then? You said, oh my God, this is, this is an incredible thing that has just happened here you know, nearly 200 years later. Yeah, and you know, for myself, you know, I wasn't, you know, well-educated on what uh, the connection was I at the time. That. I understand And that. so I, you know, started looking into this connection as most of the people in our organization were like, how, why is, you know, all this money coming from Ireland? <laughs> and we started learning about, you know, this amazing connection between Choctaw and Ireland and how our nation was now benefiting from it. Yeah, because when you talk, like, so you talk about Choctaw, and, and for me, just as a, a regular punter here, because there are lots of different nations, aren't there? Yes. With, oh my gosh, there's yeah. five 
575 recognized nations and about 130 that well recognized by the federal government and about 135 that are still seeking recognition. And the ones that spring to mind most would be would be what ones? Would be the Choctaw for such such the just go through some of the ones that we would know most of all. Well, people know Choctaw, Cherokee, Chickasaw, Miccosukee, and and Muscogee because we are what they used to call the Navajos, five civilized one, tribes, and then that cluster, and then you have you have Diné or Navajo, and Hopi, and Nde Apache, which is the other side of my family. Yeah, Apache, <laughs> and then and so that's a cluster Isn't in the amazing? southwest, and there's a cluster in the. It was a cluster that would have been in the southeast if not for the Trail of Tears, which took us out of our homes and put us in Oklahoma. And I was just doing some research into your lifestyle. And you can correct me if you wish on any of these. Choctaw children play stickball, which is almost an equivalent to our hurling. Is that right? It's very close. Isn't that amazing? It's very close. And you, you grow up getting scratched. You grow up hitting the ball. Girls and boys both play. It's, it's, a, wonder, it's a wonderful sport, but... It's essential to us, just as it seems to be in, in Irish culture, unless I'm much mistaken. You are not much mistaken. That Choctaw women are farmers. Uh, they look after all of the cooking, the cleaning, and the childcare. Sounds to me as if the women do an awful lot of the heavy lifting. Well, you have to realize that in our culture, we own the property. The children belong to us. That is the nature of, that's the nature of our matrilineal society. The women actually make the decisions. You don't always see it. It looks a lot like, and there's, there you often in our cultures have two simultaneously functional governments. You'll have a tribal council, which is a political body, and then you'll have a traditional council, which is actually pulling, working to keep the traditions alive and keep everybody connected. So what you'll see is, if you look behind every tribal council, if you look hard enough, there's a grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we, I don't know that we've lost that in Irish society. We certainly had that very much. Very much so. Long, long time ago. You guys seem to have kept a lot of your traditions alive right. and protected them. In spite of everything that you went through, it, was not, it wasn't always easy. You know? You it wasn't were, ever easy. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to be now, in my generation, to, going back when, in my generation, I can still remember parents and grandparents whose tongues were burned for speaking their language, whose wrists, wrists were scarred. There's, there's a horrifying history of how indigenous people have been handled in, in a country that was there to be that, was there, that we're taking care of. That's right. Yeah. And that's, right. that's be that as it may, at some point you really have to begin to take a deep breath and look forward and say, we're not going away. We're yeah, not going anywhere. Yeah, our yeah. cultures are here. The land is here. And that's our responsibility. And now you're here. How does it feel to be here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I think, you know, for myself, as I started learning of the history and the connection and then being on Navajo doing the groundwork with, you know, funds sent all the way from Ireland. It's just really incredible to be here physically. Are be you on going the land. to Middleton today? Um, yeah, so tomorrow, tomorrow is the, tomorrow the celebration. Yeah. Yes, um, we're you know we're really excited. Um, there are a few of us here from the Navajo Nation to kind of you know talk about what the gift you know from the Irish to our GoFundMe meant for I our think people, it's um, and kind of just go into those details. Um, and so we're really just excited and blessed to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you both here. Is it Shandine? Shandine, yes. And Joan Henry. Mm -hmm. Well, you certainly brought the weather with you. I hope you have a great stay here. Thank you for coming in as well, John. I do appreciate it. An immense pleasure. And uh, good luck over the next few days. I'm just blown away that from 1840 
1845 and now 2022 and through COVID yeah. that we have managed to repay you and thank you for your kindness to our people of generations before. And if we could just say, so the, the, the celebration in Middleton at the, at the wonderful monument begins at 10 and goes to 1 o'clock. Tomorrow. To, uh, yeah. On Tuesday, yeah, yeah tomorrow, okay. and then in the evening, uh, from uh, from uh, three o'clock, we'll be in the Silver Springs Hotel for a public event where we'd like to share. Fantastic! We in the face of the new challenges. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've shared as much as I have an opportunity to do this morning. Good man. Thank you so much for popping in. Great to see you. So Lovely. we'll look for everybody you know in Baylick Park in Middleton. Well said, John. Henry. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the best. Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone now on 0818104106. We have a selection of family passes to give away. Opportunity to take the family on some of our wonderful tourist attraction trails all over the county. The lads will work out as to which one you get. We might give away three family passes for different locations today and we'll pick up the conversation in the morning. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast.